Hello. Hey. Hi, Justin. Hi. So, uh, usually we start off with music and we never talk before, so this is kind of weird. Hi. But today, we are celebrating, well, this week, we're celebrating our one-year anniversary. Yeah. Of Big Snackers. This is yeah. episode 42, which mm-hmm. means we missed 10 episodes in a year. Not bad. That's not bad. With you moving, me being out of town, and that's pretty good. <laughs> and uh, mm. this year, we're going to only do it once a week, but we're going to have 65 episodes. Mm-hmm. Which is physically impossible. But we're going to figure out a way. Stuff them in there. <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah. So uh, it's the one-year anniversary this week, and we're celebrating, and we're going to have some fun. So today, before I came, I uh, recorded a song. Okay, listen. Okay. <laughs> or no, This isn't Adam Carolla's podcast. So. Come on. <laughs> but, uh, so today, before I headed out here, um, I wrote and recorded a song for you. Great. <laughs> you mean for the listeners or for me? For you. Oh. It's about uh, our anniversary as a, as a podcast. Um, I already don't want to hear it. My roommate recorded it for me. I played some guitars and some pianos, and I sang for you. It, it didn't have much time. So, I mean, I'm, it's, not, Ryan, it's not the uh, slickest Ryan, thing. Ryan, you do realize it's not our real anniversary? Yeah, it is. No, not our anniversary. Well, I know. We'll get to that in the song. It, <laughs> but... Uh, so this is a song for uh, the podcast anniversary that I made and sang for Justin. So uh, it's not very long, so I'll go ahead and play the intro. Uh, okay, hold on. You're excited. Keep in mind I haven't heard this no, yet. he hasn't so. heard it. <laughs> Don't you feel like you're playing a Super Nintendo RPG? Yeah, a little bit. biggest problem with it is the ringing out of that chord at the end why because it should have just ended right after you said boyfriend we were in a hurry i told you i mean we didn't have a lot of time i had to write if you're in a hurry then you should end shorter not longer yeah i'm just saying we like the editing and stuff there wasn't a whole Uh lot of time to get here before i had to come over yeah that's fine so um, the answer is no why i don't want to yeah well that's not usually a good answer (laughs) <laughs> it's not typically a good reason But uh Well it's gonna be a noise So that was a song I made for one year anniversary Do you appreciate it? Yeah I mean it's nice of you to do I mean I don't really know why you did But My roommate James recorded it Who actually makes cool music You should check it out at soundcloud.com Slash Thanatron It's a sponsor today Yeah T-H-A-N-A-T-R-O-N Yeah it doesn't sound anything like that by any means, but he recorded it for Sounds me. basically exactly the same. Yeah, well, no, it doesn't sound like that. All the songs are about you becoming his boyfriend. I know. But, I guess... I mean, that's another reason why. I mean, he's already asked, so... Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. There's going to be a domestic dispute at home tonight. <laughs> First of all, I don't think anyone's ever said the word domestic dispute and then winked about it. <laughs> no, you know some hillbilly somewhere. No, I mean, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, was like drunk on moonshine to his friend. Like, yeah, we're gonna be a domestic dispute at home tonight, right? You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna beat her, and then we're gonna do it. Ugh. She's gonna slog my willy. 
Great. So, so welcome to Big Snackers, episode 42, our one-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. We got the notification the other day. Yeah. And it was a big deal. <laughs> we really didn't even barely the internet to do it. almost exploded. Yeah. So we really appreciate it. But uh, today we're going to have a few people call in. Um, we have John from the Dopamines, Kamal, and then Dennis from Saves a Day who texted me because he's recording drums right now. I thought he'd be done. He's not. So he might call in today, if not next week. So he sucks at drums. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't think How of a worse How hard is it Saves a Day song on drums? Come on now. Dennis, step your game up. I mean, it doesn't take a whole right. lot. It's just, yeah, you know. You fuck him. He's racist. I don't really like him yeah, at all racist, anymore. Yeah. So, I'm going to have some friends call in and discuss an email that I got this morning, which I have not told you about. I think you'll appreciate okay. it. Kamal's going to call in. And uh, we have some good stories to tell about the Butter Baby. Yeah. And some questions and um, some other things. How was, how was your week? Anything significant? Uh, I went to Cleveland. To see Mineral play a reunion show, the Grog Shop. How was Mineral? Uh, it was good. I wish we'd have had tickets to the early show, so we went to the late show. They had two shows that day, I guess, because the first one sold out, so they had a second one. Right. But like, I feel like when you're in that type of band, like you really only play once a day. Like you don't really want to play twice a day. Yeah, I don't. I've, I've played twice a day before. I don't like. Yeah. It. I've done it South by Southwest. Because you kind of lose your steam after the first time. Well, really. I think every day you wake up and like, if you're like. Even for you, like if you had to do comedy shows in one day, like you wake up and you're hyped to do this one thing and yeah. put all your effort into it. Yeah. And it's hard to split that up. That's why I always think like that's the reason why you don't like when you go to comedy shows you tend you really want to avoid the late show. Yeah, definitely. Because like, A unless they're a really famous comic, they're just like you're going to be in there with a bunch of people who are there with free tickets, most likely. And probably drunk and loud. Yeah. And, and they're going to be heckling, and you're not going to get to see the person do what they do best. And that's the reason you always go to the earlier show, because that's when they're really putting forth their like best effort or whatever. I'd say know? same with bands, too, or any entertainment. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, it's hard to divide like this certain energy that you can't really put your finger on anyways of like what hypes you up when you're performing. Right. It's hard to already take something you can't really describe. Right. Without experiencing it and then divide it up in yeah. half. Right. For these two separate things. Yeah. I've never been able to do that very well. Yeah. It was, so, I mean, I, yeah. it was, a, it was good. You know, it was, it was fun to go. I mean, honestly, if I'd have missed the show, I really wouldn't have been that mad about it. Right. But just because like I was excited to see him, but at the same time again, it's, it's not that it was lacking energy in particular. It's just that like, I don't know. When a show starts at 1130, like, that's just too late. It for, is too late. Like, if you're at a house show or something, like, I understand, like, maybe, like, the third band goes on 1130, but 1130 at a venue. To start. To start. And yeah. then you have to sit through an opening band. And then, like, you know what I mean? Like, luckily, they only had one opener. Um, but, what you know, it was, I mean, it was good. It was fun to watch, but I just, I could have. What venue was it at? The Grog Shop. I like the Grog Shop. Yeah, it's a really nice place. It's a great venue. Yeah, they get, they apparently have somebody who books there must be really good at it because they got a lot of stuff coming up that's like they get really a lot awesome. of good shows. Yeah, so yeah. Cleveland gets a lot of cool stuff, and they have other venues too to compete. So I mean, they yeah probably keeps people on their toes. I say Cleveland's funny; it's only four hours from here, and it's so polar opposite when it comes to stuff like that. Oh yeah, they have we so have many shit down like as far <laughs> as bands go and stuff like playing. We don't have anything because nobody average, here wants to book anything. Your average band skips Cincinnati. I mean, it's normal. I we barely play here. Yeah. I mean, like it's just which seems so funny because like every in every other form of business other than entertainment, 
Cincinnati's considered like a hub of things because of its centralized location. It is, you know what I mean? and they're building like things up entertainment wise, but I mean, it's more like cool restaurants and bars. Yeah, there's not really bands venues. and venues and stuff aren't really. It's and not... the biggest problem is all the people who own all the venues and stuff. They don't have interest in the type of music that I do. So it's like, right? Yeah, if I want to see like, I don't know, Electric Vampire Citizen Weekend. or yeah, like yeah, and I would watch Vampire Weekend like once. Me too. I, I like. I'm not years. even like being shitty. I like some of yeah. your songs a lot, but I just mean like, it's not really a crowd and a venue that I care no. to go to that much. Like, yeah. I like the newer Vampire Weekend album. I don't have the desire to go hang out with the crowd that right. would probably be there. It's like a, and deal with all of it. And it's I just, like like certain venue like there's like venues that like book like rockabilly shows. I could do without stuff. that ever. And then like there's <laughs> other venue and then like there's like ones that are just like all alt country and then like. Indie rock, and I'm fine with indie rock, but, like, not the type that I like, you know, not, like, poppy indie rock, but, like, right. that, like, very serious. Like, dancey, like. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. But there's nothing that I want to see, so every time I'm looking around, I'm just, like, you know. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, I, people are always like, why don't you go to more live shows? And it's like, because there aren't any not around here. I I'm not going to, and I don't want to have to drive every weekend to go somewhere to see definitely something. Definitely that. Well, all right, quick question, then. Anybody at home can participate and argue about how our choices are terrible. If you had to pick an actual least favorite type of music, like your least favorite, what would it be? Because mine would probably be like Psychobilly. I actually hate. Like it. if I had to be like serious, like like are you mean you mean related to like music I like or no, just in general. Um, and I know people are thinking dubstep and stuff, and I don't like that, but I think it's an easy answer. Like actual Psychobilly, like. The punk rockabilly with the painted faces and gimmick stuff. Like, I cannot. I well, I mean, I want to just say, like, bro country. Yeah, that's true. Because it's, like, the worst thing in the world as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I mean, Psycho Billy is kind of annoying. I don't know what. I still feel like they're still trying to, like, do, like, swing bands and stuff. Are they? They just need to let it go. Yeah, you... like, Squirrel Nut <laughs> Zippers was on tour. And it's like, who Wait, the fuck they? is going to see them? Like, I mean, I guess there's like a bunch of, like, I don't know. Just, In the afterlife. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, why are they on tour? I don't understand. Like, do they, do they play them on, like, I don't know, like, interstitials on NPR and people still like them? They're like 60 years old. Because there was that, like, brief window when Sky made its comeback, when Swing yeah, had, like, like, Cherry right Pop and Daddy's, after, yeah. Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, and the Squirrel Nut Zippers. Yeah, like, right after the third wave became, like, really big. And for Cherry some Pop reason. and Daddy's weren't even a swing band. There was a Sky band that made a swing album and got a yeah. huge radio single. Right. And they're still around. Yeah, good for, for them, I guess. That's fine. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. They still play in LA all the time. I guess they still make a living doing that. There's how I don't know. I guess they're still like call for it or whatever. How many times is it said in Los Angeles? Cherry, like you want to go to Cherry Pop and Daddy? Oh shit God, I can't even imagine that ever said. But yeah, I mean, it's not that I have anything against swing music. It's just like it was part of a particular era. You oh, know what for I mean? Sure. Like, like this era has nothing to do with that music. No, you know what I mean? Not at all. Like if it was 1920 something, yeah, if I can go crazy because it's it that's where it belonged and it was great. And it's whatever. not even actually that like Big Bad Voodoo Day Squirrel Nut Zippers are particularly bad at playing that type of music. No, they're great not, at it. I'm not but, interested. But the thing is, is I feel like it. I feel like if you are a person who knows how to play a horn, you can play swing pretty easy because it sounds like yeah. the equivalent of like the pop punk of jazz music. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> that makes like, sense. yeah, it's just like a bunch of like. Major chords or something, I guess, and like just. I think I mine would still go to Psychobilly. 
Yeah, psychobilly is awful. Anybody at home, please don't get offended. You can have your least favorite style of music, yeah. too. It doesn't matter if we like it or you don't like mine or I don't like yours. I don't really care for, like, horror pops like those bands. Like, it makes me so mad. Yeah, I don't care for that. I don't care for, um... Oh, what was I going to say? Like, uh... Like, just, like, stuff that's unintelligible. Just, like, certain types of metal and stuff like that. And I don't have anything against it. Well, you get like, that... you can like it, but I'm just, it's just not for me. Like, yeah, when you get into that noisy thrash stuff, that yeah, stuff's not I'm just, for me. I don't care. I'd like to, I like When I listen to music, I like to know the lyrics and hear them, you know? Right. Like, I find people's voices interesting, so... Oh, definitely. To hear just a guy just constantly growling seems odd, because I can't really tell the difference between him and, like, another dude who's I growling. I think I'm just not angry enough, too. Like, yeah. I don't hear it and get pumped up. I just hear it and I'm kind of like, that's, no. that's something, I guess. Yeah, I don't... I don't, I don't <laughs> I, yeah, I guess I, I don't get that either. Yeah. Because I, I think hardcore and, like, certain metal, you know, and thrashy stuff like that, it's definitely... Well, A, it's definitely more about the live show. I mean, oh, you, yeah. you can like the records. Yeah. It's about going to see bands live and stage diving, Absolutely. getting out energy and aggression, and that's yeah. that's awesome. I just never felt that outlet, I guess, no. in the same way. Like, I, where I wanted to like mosh and like get like, not when I say violent, I don't mean like fight people. But you know what I mean? Just like yeah, I never really cared about moshing all that much. I've definitely done it when I was a kid, and it's fine. I've moved around, but never in that like crazy way. I always so. preferred like the Scott, like the skanking pit. Of course, you know what I mean, like it was a lot more fun. But it was like we were in heaven. And what skank and pickle was God? Stealing real big fish. Stealing real big fish was God. Yeah, <laughs> that's a quote. I just let everybody know that. Not from either of us, but uh, someone we know. No, if I ever said something like that, I would fully <laughs> expect this podcast to not exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the singer of Real Big Fish is it's like God. God. Ugh. They're still around too. Like yeah, they are. And I understand that. Like Ska has like it's has become like has it's like waxing and waning periods right now it's like getting popular again because like kids are rediscovering certain bands and stuff yes yeah, say my friend's band survey <laughs> says just played riot fest and they're doing ska and that's awesome and boston's played boston's have been doing stuff again and less than jake's still killing it going to strong street but real big fish is still around for whatever reason and that being said i really love the first two real big fish albums me too come on now yeah. Come on. Again, again, this is I guess this is what I was gonna say about them. Is they're like the swing music of ska. Like Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're the easy way out of like doing that. Because they don't have to do anything. And that, that being said, like they are a very talented band. They're very talented, but they but, should use that talent for something. And that's the problem is I think the first two albums I think hold up and I like them. Yeah. It's because at the time they were unique. I mean, they were cartoon and they were like way goofier than like normal bands. Yeah, like they were supposed to be. When you had Against All Authority and Suicide Machines and Lesson Jake coming out, or even Mustard Plug, and then you hear Real Big Fish and it's super poppy, super goofy. It's like a cartoon version. Yeah. But the first record or two was really cool. And it was kind of different and had like a little anger to it. Yeah. And it's almost like they just became this parody of what they started with. I, like almost immediately Compa- too. Like, like after the second the fourth album, album like, like the third one was kind of whatever yeah and that fourth one i was just like when it had like the social distortion and Tra- tracy chapman cover on it and had the song like all our friends became famous and like yeah. talk shit about no doubt i don't even like no doubt but that song didn't seem like goofy it yeah. seemed like a very bitter pill oh yeah of, like and that's the thing is like if i'm gonna listen to that kind of like cartoony shit like that I'd much prefer to listen to like Johnny Sacco or MU three thirty. For sure. Mostly because those two bands use their talent in interesting ways. Like yeah. Real Big Fish is clearly a talented band. Very much they so. sound very good live. But here's the thing. 
they're only using like 10% of their actual real talent because they don't have to do anything else and they and people they keep getting rewarded for it though the returns are diminishing over time. They are but they're a band that can keep on making the same record. Yeah. The same fuck you song, the same I'm drunk song, the same my girlfriend song. Mm. Really poppy, like perfect harmonies. Yeah. They can keep on going on tour. Yeah. And they'll do it, I'm sure, like man's like the queers and stuff until they can't. No, yeah, you're right. And that <laughs> I mean <laughs> and, yeah. And that's like but that's the reason why, like, other bands like ME330 and stuff are ma- way more interesting because, like, they still do stuff, but obviously they're, they're like, they have jobs and other right. things now. But I was they getting still ready to do, say, like, no disrespect to the queers, and I thought about it after recent lighting. So oh, I'm like, God. yeah, you know what? I'm not even going to say no disrespect to the queers. No. I love their music, but no. man. But honestly, they, like, at this point, he can kind of go fuck himself. As much as I used to really like him. Man's a racist. Yeah. That's and all I thought he was, it. like, a, yeah. I, th- I always thought he was, like, he was always cool to me and stuff, but. Same. After that shit, like, I can't. Like, Anybody doesn't even know. Um, two things, I guess, in recent light is uh, the Queers, who were, you know, one of the original pop punk bands and founding fathers. Great band. Yeah. And Joe King is a great songwriter. But uh, he recently started putting rebel flags on his amps and saying some racial slurs on stage, yeah. which were hearsay at first, and they were confirmed. And then on his own Facebook page, he came out supporting and donated to Darren Wilson, who was the cop that shot Michael Brown yeah. in Ferguson. Ferguson. And that was kind of, I think, the point of people, including me, just kind of saying, whoa. My question uh, is, is like, <laughs> how like, are you going to support? I, I don't know. My question is like, I guess I understand it because I, I was talking about it this weekend with some people and like, I don't understand how you can be part of a scene that's supposed to be, I mean, whatever, it's more liberal, but that's not the point. Like progressive and like, you know, sure. it's supposed to be inclusive and understanding of things, especially social issues. Cause that's like the whole point of punk rock. Absolutely. How do you become part of that scene in such a big, a big force within it? And then, you're a fucking crazy redneck? Like, you know from, what I mean? Like well, an from actual new fucking hillbilly? Yeah. yeah, from New Hampshire? Like, that's putting rebel flags on things and essentially saying that that, that, that Michael Brown deserved what happened to him? That's exactly what you're saying. If and you're it's like... Support, and, and, and I just don't get it, but then I, I was talking about it to some people and like they had pointed out in the right like that uh, he grew up at the same time as like when the Ramones got really popular. They were and all Republicans. Everybody in the Ramones except for Joey Ramone was a fucking crazy Republican, yeah. probably like weird racist guy. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah, you have the misfits, like all everything, things. like all that stuff. And like, I, and I know what it was and I understand it was that like punk was an answer to the hippie movement and hippies were liberal and progressive, even though punk is a progressive thing. Right. It more or less got that way later at first it was an answer to like what the fuck what are you all you assholes like you're not doing anything you're not helping like you know what right. i mean you're Absolutely. just sitting there like and that's a th- and i guess like but the problem is is like no matter what once you become once you stand up and go like we, we need to do something and you start doing things about like issues and stuff like that you end up going towards the progressive side and liberal side of things anyway because yeah it ends up more you know, inclusive than, than being a fucking racist asshole. <laughs> like, well, that's, I mean, it's hard for me. Cause you know what I mean? Like I, my old band, like I toured with the queers. Yeah. Uh, Joe was a friend. Like he yeah. bought me hotel rooms and it's this guy that was always great to me. But when you look at stuff like this in the face, I think it's wrong to ignore it 
and not care just because that person's nice to you. Right. Like it's wrong. Yeah. It's, it's a wrong attitude to have. And I get like and people who are like who are friends with him, like that you'll talk to will be like, well, you know, he's that way. And it's like, yeah, but if you're friends that way, that's the most, you're the most important person has to stand up and be like, Hey man, you can't fucking be that way. Like this is wrong. (laughs) You understand that. Right. Uh Like we like, and it's not to say you can't be friends with them, but you should distance yourself at least. Well, it's hard. Honestly, for me, I would just be like, we can't be friends anymore. It's hard to be close with someone. If one of my friends came out and was like, I'm donating to a Darren Wilson. I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like what? Oh, also I, I I bought a paid membership at Stormfront the other day. (laughs) So it's like, just like, yeah, yeah, I, I don't, it's, I don't know. It's a mess, but it's ridiculous, and it's. I mean, I can't get behind it. I don't care if it's a friend or not. That's that's the reality of the situation. No. And, I mean, I've been on the end of like things being misrepresented, misinterpreted. Yeah. This isn't a situation where you can really misinterpret it because it's no. his own Facebook post on his. And he own wasn't page. joking. That's the no, thing. No, no. Even no. if it was a poor, like even if it was like in in your case that it was just a poorly timed. I've joke said some and, stupid like, jokes that I regret it and take back, and they obviously don't influence the way I feel in real life. Right. But like was he wasn't this joking. Was this was him declaring like straight up. Well, here's the difference is, and this is the main difference that separates different types of people, is when I got all that bullshit about a stupid joke that I regretted and you know took back obviously. But you could ask anybody that knows me in real life, and not one person would ever say I was anything close to a sexist because I'm clearly not. Right. And I never have been and never will be. And I stand up for anybody's rights. When you talk to people about Joe Queer saying this like quasi racist stuff, none of them say that. They say that's just kind of how he is. Yeah, it's never defending. Not one people came to my defense like, listen, that's crazy. Yeah, which is Joe is just kind of like, yeah, that's just kind of how he yeah. is. And not one never... person said when he said that. Oh, that's very surprising. Yeah, like you know, no, no one, I mean? no one. So that I think sums that up. But I don't even know where we are. I don't even know how we got to that. Somehow from Scott, right? Yeah, I don't know. We're talking about oh, real big kinds of music. So uh, people, keep, oh, people who keep getting rewarded for the same shit. Correct. So uh, there's that. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. Well, okay. To, on that same kind of topic, we were talking for a minute about the Opie and Anthony thing. Yeah, for a second before we started. I I actually I knew about the Opie Anthony thing, which for me doesn't. I mean, it was a huge radio show, podcast, internet thing of these two comedians. Um, it was funny sometimes, mostly stupid. And we should put comedians in quotes. Well, okay, just, yeah, they're just disc jockeys. Yeah, disc jockeys basically. But uh, I knew that Anthony had gotten fired for like some racist stuff like that. I didn't know until today that I was listening to a podcast talking about it. So I looked it up and saw his crazy tweets. Yeah, and then saw that he went on a white nationalist radio show yeah. to try to defend what he said, and then still insisted he wasn't racist. If you're a white guy and you're on a white nationalist radio show defending saying something along the lines of black people are animals, what yeah. exact clause do you have to be like, but I'm not a racist? Yeah, you know, listen know. to me. <laughs> it isn't like you went on like 106 in Park. No. You went on, to... you went to your home field advantage. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and that's the other thing is like, my, my problem with that whole thing is that like, he'll be like, he'll say things like, oh, I, We've had black people on the show before. You know, we've that promoted black people. Of, I can't be racist. I went to school with all these black yeah. people. That doesn't mean and anything. This is the problem with that is that people go, well, yeah, but clearly he's not racist because he had people on his show. And it's like, that's not true. What he's saying by doing that is he's going, well, look, 
I don't like people like you, but you're all right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I was a, if I if it was still appropriate to own slaves, you'd be my houseboy. You know right. what I mean? Like that's what he's saying. Exactly. And that's exactly the kind of like when those people get those kind of shows where they can like make and break people's careers. Oh, they fucking can't believe the position they're in because they're allowed to first exercise their fucking gross yep. misappropriation of like their own thoughts about like people and race. And at the same time, hold in their hand like the future of somebody like, I, like a Kevin Hart, like or something like that. You know what I mean? Or is it Tracy Morgan? Yeah, or it's Tracy. <laughs> Morgan. No, but like uh, that—that's the thing that they like, and like he, that's what he wanted, though. You know what I mean? And you Absolutely. can tell from some of the shit that he said. Yeah, and especially in those tweets and everything. And I get it; it's Twitter. But when you make like seven in a row, you're not joking. And when you're—I mean, you're in that much of a spotlight, right? Yeah, exactly. Can't be even if okay, even if you're gonna make those jokes and you're not known as the guy who makes those jokes or makes controversial statements or whatever, you can't do that because no one's gonna know you're fucking joking. Right. They're gonna be like, Oh shit, he just got like drunk yeah. or high or something. Just That's started, exactly like, and yeah. But it's not true because he is just a fucking Racist dude. Yeah, that's I mean that's pretty much what it is. And I had to sit next to this fucking guy this weekend. I was at we were at this uh uh brew house up there and we were sitting next to this or I was sitting next to this guy and he kept talking about he's like he's like I really you know, I really like Opie Anthony. It's not the same since he you know is gone, but <laughs> it's okay. Racist, but like know. he has his own podcast now and I really like it. And I just wanted to be like, You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> then he started like talking about immediately about like his fantasy football team. Okay. And he seriously I know this is a thing in Cleveland, but get the fuck over this dumb thing of asking for stadium mustard everywhere. Not everywhere has that. Right. And also it's not it just tastes like yellow mustard. Just accept the <laughs> fucking yellow mustard. Like it doesn't taste any different. And he sat there in this place and he asked for it and the guy said they didn't have it. And he was like, oh well all right, whatever. And then he sat there when the guy walked away and talked about it to his friend for like five minutes. But can't believe I don't have stadium mustard. I mean, who doesn't have stadium? He said oh, the phrase the, stadium the mustard. Out of here. He said the phrase stadium mustard twenty five times. I counted twenty five times. Ugh, so infuriating. And like he just, I don't know, man. He just seemed like the worst type of guy, especially because like the bartender was a black dude, and you could kind of tell he didn't like it. Like, you kind of tell he was... Well, he like shouldn't like happy. it. I mean, yeah. come on now. Come on now, brother. He just, like... You could tell he was just sort of like, I don't know. I don't think I like this thing, like this guy. <laughs> they took know. my job. Um, oh, man. Cleveland. Cleveland football. Johnny Manziel. Anyways. <laughs> so, uh, as of last week, I've watched the first season of Real Husbands of Hollywood. Yeah. It's great. It is. It's very funny. Yeah. People should watch it if you haven't watched I it. It's on Netflix. It everybody, yeah, I, it's great. And what makes it is that they play themselves. Everyone plays themselves. If they didn't, it wouldn't be as funny. Yeah, exactly. Like Nelly playing Nelly and Robin Thicke playing Robin Thicke. Yeah. And Robin Thicke is funny. Yeah, he is. He is actually. And funny. they even address him as the creepy dude sometimes. Like, yeah. sure. and he is. He's <laughs> the creepiest guy. But and like, but I just love the way that Kevin Hart plays himself because it's just like he's such a like. 
shitty guy. Kevin Hart's great on that show because he plays Kevin Hart, like a bastardized version. And yeah. Kevin Hart is by far the biggest star on that show right now. Yeah. And he plays the guy that can't get any attention. Yeah, everybody <laughs> fucking hates him. Nobody knows who he is, even though he's like he, he's on all their like TV shows and stuff. Oh, he's but enormous. He right gets now. so like he throws like shitty like baby fits all the time when people yeah. don't pay attention to him. Oh, it's so great. There's a scene in it where he's at dinner with Robin Thicke and they're trying to reconcile. Yeah. And he keeps on trying to get people's attention. These famous people can walk him by. And know Robin Thicke and ignore Kevin Hart, and I was laughing so hard. And like people know his assistant better than him. Yeah, like, <laughs> like his assistant that he doesn't pay is yeah. like is like everybody likes him, and like everybody doesn't remember Kevin and Hart. It, it's funny because it's like a complete spoof of a reality show, and it's so much like this. Oh, Real Wives perfect. of Hollywood or whatever. This horrible oh, so shows perfect. are divas or I don't know. And how like every episode, they'll have like another thing about how somebody has like. A business scheme. Right. Or like whatever dumb fucking... Nelly has a workout video. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he has a workout video. The one guy was trying to make breakaway tailored suits. Made by old people yeah. from old oh, folks. Homes. So good. But, uh, um, well, oh, my favorite thing was that in the first episode when they show Nick Cannon, he's wearing that like uh, property of Mimi. Yes. Like apron or whatever. Did Even though that's not true anymore. Did they break up? Yeah, let's let's get some TMZ in here for a second. What yeah. happened? I guess he left her apparently. Oh man, which is weird because I always thought like well, he's got that America's Got Talent money now. Oh, yeah, true. And he's probably probably banging uh, what's his name? Jerry Springer? No. Howard Stern? And that, that, uh, Howard Stern's on the show now. Jerry yeah. Springer's not anymore. What's his name? From Bobby's World. Oh, Howie Ford. Mandel. Howie Mandel is the creepiest person. He like. Howie Mandel, like, before he lets him, like, before they fuck, he, like, puts on a full body condom. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, Howie Mandel somehow makes Howard Stern look like the normal guy on that show. Yeah. Barely. Though, honestly, Howard Stern is just the normal guy. He just has a lot of money and has been able to exercise his, like, perversions and stuff. That's pretty much I right. honestly don't think... Oh. oh. Hey, I'm just calling in for the first time. That's not true. <laughs> You've been on a few episodes. Yeah, you as I say, you have. You've been on a bunch. Kamal is a... I mean, I'm just calling the first time today. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's not oh. like you called earlier. Yeah, yeah. Nothing happened. Why? <laughs> but, uh... So, I was, I was texting Kamal earlier, Justin. I got an email today that I think you'll appreciate as well. That I wanted to read to everybody. Um, I definitely... I've realized sometimes because of, like... You know, the Bannerman being called mixtapes... I get emails and tweets of people that are trying to promote like DJs and mixtapes and rappers. Yeah. Just because we have like a lot of followers and they don't look at it, I'm sure, or figure out that it's a band. Today I got my favorite one I've gotten forever though. Um, it's from a name I don't even know. It says. Well, before we go, even go into this, I'm already going to say we've gotten a better one in the past. So I'm going to bring it up after this. Okay. All right. It says, hey, DJ PayPal. Heading from North Carolina, but based in Berlin. First of all, <laughs> three Wait, things with that. Heading from North Carolina. <laughs> first of all, DJ PayPal. Yeah, it's that's his a good name. name. It's, no, good. it's not a good name. I think it's, it's the good. worst name I've ever heard. DJ PayPal. He is very modern, though. It's very modern. You're telling me DJ Mustard is better? <laughs> no, but <laughs> DJ Mustard is somehow famous. True. He's made one You're beat. You're telling me DJ PayPal won't be one day? He will be. We'll get to that. Kamal and I looked him up. Um, oh, yeah. DJ PayPal heading from North Carolina, but based in Berlin. Also that. 
He's coming from North Carolina, but he's based in Germany. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't understand that. <laughs> what does that mean? And Big ma- German population there. <laughs> and Machine Drum Protege is a failure to Lucky Me. Will be available for a couple of headline shows in November. He will definitely shake your brain. His blend of J-pop, juke, slow jams, Miami bass, and '90s disco house has appeared on labels such as Interscope and Sewage Tapes. Oh, good. <laughs> Yeah, sewage no, wait, no, not like... Interscope. Interscape. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Interscape. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Interscape's my favorite. And it says his cheerful remixes are all over the internet, creating a kind of PayPal mythology that is both revealing and confounding at the same time. Never. No. <laughs> so, what was the other thing that he does, Kamal? It's, you know, you read it. His sneaky edits and his cheerful remixes. His sneaky They're all over edits. the internet. What's a sneaky edit? This guy's got the sneakiest edits online. <laughs> so I don't even know what that. Like, means. No one knows what that means, except for maybe rave kids. Kamal yeah. found yeah. it. Well, Ryan sent this to me, and I nothing in the first paragraph made any sense, and I didn't know half the words in the second paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> I d- so, uh, so Kamal looked him up, and we watched a YouTube video of him. Yeah, this yep. video looks like it was shot in a basement of a house for a Saturday Night Live skit. The DJ has a mask on the whole time, and I fully prepared it to be Will Ferrell. I Does it look like yeah. uh, Dan, like that video that we watched of Danny or whatever it was the other week? Yeah, kind of. It it's just how would you describe it, Kamal? It looks like um, the TV set of like some teen kid show that comes on like Saturday nights from like some church. It does. It's, like like, <laughs> it's like these like kids all drinking like Bud Light behind this like fence and DJ. Yeah, they PayPal. all had like, Budweiser cans. It was weird. <laughs> and DJ. They all look like eighteen. <laughs> and a guy introduced him. He's like, "Are you guys ready for my man DJ PayPal?" And he does like the scratch like that. Boo, 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 boo. And like oh, he goes, no. like, yeah. And he goes. Did you mention he was hiding his face? He was hiding his face. He had a t-shirt like over his head and then a hat on top of it. <laughs> Oh man! So, you know, you think the, he? You the th- cops are looking out for the dude. He's like his edits are the sneakiest. So like, <laughs> the cops would love to get their hands on his, this guy. His edits are so sneaky. Do you think that... he's actually Banksy? I <laughs> uh, probably. I think it's Will Ferrell, and I think that's a Saturday Night Live skit. So, well, I mean, it's just a, it's blended like J-pop and Juke is like <laughs> it's it's outrageous. Um, I love getting these emails. Which uh, one, man? Did you look him up? He's got a remix of uh, a Drake song, but I was hoping it was Marvin's Room, but it's not. <laughs> oh my, I would lose it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw Marvin's Room. I think is on HBO Go right now. No the movie. If we want to redo that, the movie or the uh, or the move or the or the Drake song. The Drake song. The movie. I mean, the movie's pretty depressing. Oh wait, we found some DJ that was PayPal. The song. Here's a here's a little. <laughs> Here's a little. Uh oh. That's a sneaky edit. Oh, man. That's what it is. It just sounds like every other fucking. It sounds like everything. Bro, it's sneaky, though. <laughs> it is sneakier. So, here, what I'm basically. I mean, what do you think of it? What do you think of his cheerful remix, though? Uh, <laughs> pretty good. I don't know anything what? about this mixing or what this was. What I'm basically trying to say to people is this episode of Big Snackers is brought to you by TJ PayPal. Ready for some gigs in November if you want to book them. Hold on. So if you want to book them, I can hook you up with the email. Just hit me up. I got it. I'm going to book I thought him. I know how, to, how he clicks his uh, feet, too. What? 
What? Oh god. Oh god. Oh man, that was super sneaky. That was a sneaky edit right there. <laughs> Stop doing this, this DJ is... PayPal. Nobody <laughs> asked you. What's good though, because Kam- Kamal has reinvented himself now as DJ Mastercard. Oh, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> but I don't take Mastercard. <laughs> I, only, I only take PayPal. What? <laughs> Will your first uh, CD be called No Limits? Oh, God. That's <laughs> oh, that so bad. That's my, a good joke. My first track is a uh, 2.5% intro. <laughs> 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 All right, let's see what he has to do with uh, this Drake. Uh... One of us needs to, you to Google right now what a sneaky edit is. <laughs> I'm going to find out. Uh Come on, sneak it in there. <laughs> it's a DJ Mastercard. <laughs> Somewhere between psychotic and iconic. Ugh. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> did did he did he? <laughs> you don't have to pitch shift Drake's voice. It's already high enough. He already sounds like a snotty kid. Yeah. Okay, but also... He just made you... him sound like a seven-year-old. He did that, then took the Drake song and put off-time drums behind yeah. it. Uh, it. It actually sounds almost exactly the same. Just like... With those drums that would be an off-time. Yeah, slightly pitch-shifted, just enough to notice, and then with a little bit of off-time, like, awful snares... Hold on. I can't find out what the fuck is sneaky edited. <laughs> so wait. Mad him out. Stop this. Stop it. Okay. No. No more. No more DJ PayPal. Oh yeah, he's got a Twitter. No more DJ PayPal. What does it say? What does he tweet about? I'm high. <laughs> that was the wait. That's the first like actual tweet that wasn't a retweet. Just says I'm high with no punctuation, no capitalization. Just I can beat that. I can beat that. Um, I sent it to Kamal. I don't even. I'm not sure what this means, but uh, Tim, you know the guy that Kamal and I play in the hip hop group with. Yeah. What was his tweet, Kamal? It just say zooted. Oh yeah, zooted was one of them. <laughs> zooted. Here's the thing. Half the shit he says we think is made up, but. The other half, we thought was made up, and then we would hear in rap songs afterwards. <laughs> Wait, so, he said, what did he say? I'm zooted. Oh, yeah, zooted. He's zooted. Zooted's old. But then we find out about it, like, months later. Zooted's like one of those things that you hear in Boardwalk Empire, but then for some reason is in rap songs now. Okay. Yeah. All right, I think... Uh, all right, DJ all PayPal, right. this is 22 hours ago. This is the second tweet that he put out that is not... A retweet or a picture of some sort. You you are not gonna be cool unless you rockin' Lucky Me I I Ice this year, Boa. <laughs> we have found a hidden gem here in TJ PayPal. I'm glad we you, really have. Uh, here's a here's a question for you guys. How do you turn up on individual planes of existence? <laughs> oh God. You always have to turn up, right? It doesn't matter. Oh, did you image search him? No. <laughs> I, was I like, don't want... <laughs> well, the come on. First, the first, like, seven pictures, or half the pictures, are him with that t-shirt over his face and a hat on. Stop it. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Kamal. You, uh, you've gotten beaten to the punch. There's already a DJ Mastercard. No, there's not. Oh God, damn it, guys. Yeah, because <laughs> DJ PayPal tweeted out, "Chilling with at DJ Mastercard and at DJ Earl." <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> did we wish all this into being? Like, did we someone create this with our minds? I want you to exist? know that the reason he was <laughs> the reason he was saying all that stuff is because on 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 Twitter last night he was doing LSD. <laughs> and he says successfully tripping on acid very hard right now whoa lsdj <laughs> L- LS paypal Ugh. fingers become words fingers become words oh, his, even his like his header picture on his twitter page he's got the t-shirt on his face yeah i think that's his thing he's like he's l- low rent danger well, hold on go to dj mastercard's twitter and see what he said oh last. yeah yeah, yeah. sorry good. i got Let's get. We gotta get priorities here. I'm just. Oh my! Look at DJ Mastercard. I don't think that's him. I hope it is. In the studio, LOL. <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> What's funny about my that? favorite thing in the world? He's like trying to be cool. He has a picture of himself at the Oakland A's game, or like he's take, he took a picture, and he is up in like the nosebleed seat. Yeah, definitely is. Oh my god. Well, oh. I'm on DJ PayPal Twitter, and his location says North Carolina slash Berlin. <laughs> that does not make sense. So, like, it checks out. It checks out. I'm picturing one of two things. as a guy in Berlin, Germany, being like, gosh, gotta get, got to move to North Carolina. Or some guy in North <laughs> Carolina, like, got to get to Berlin. <laughs> I've heard a lot of good things about North Carolina. My favorite is these guys, like, have, like, they all have links to their SoundCloud, but they all have, like, fuck SoundCloud tweets and... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so is there? Wait, there's a there's way more gold on his Twitter that I think you skipped over here. <laughs> I'm hot as fuck at the secret location in Oakland. Oh yeah, <laughs> you I just jumped right over that one. I know. I just uh, really DJ Mastercard said, really wish I could find that girl unit shade on video from years from a few years ago in Neon Maniacs footage. What? I don't know what anything is. Girl, you can. Oh, boy, I got some more. Girl, you can access my internet anytime. Stop it! What is it, Kamal? Oh, he's got. There's just so much gold on here. <laughs> so as he's high, he like keeps like miss like messing up his tweets. <laughs> so you have like three, four forms of like the same tweet before he gets it right. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it goes opinions. Here's an opinion. Here's an opinion, and then like a kissy face. Here's an opinion with like a, a surprise face, and then it says, "I have obtained the form of LSD DJ PayPal." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! LSD DJ PayPal. That's pretty smart. I'm sorry, I found a DJ Orange Julius. <laughs> oh my god! No, these are not real anymore. These have to be fake accounts. DJ- Doctors hate DJ PayPal. Oh. Who? Oh, bouncers! His doctors hate DJ PayPal. He turns up so much, he starts fights in the crowd. DJ PayPal, DJ PayPal's age-defying formula keeps your skin silky soft and prevents you from growing older than forty-five. Listen to DJ PayPal music now. Stop this, <laughs> dude! You've got the sound of youth over here, man. He doesn't make music. Oh, wait. and then he he tweeted out a picture of a toilet paper roll and just hashtag SoundCloud. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. He's good, this. man. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole anymore. No, we can't do it anymore. Wait, you, right, you, well, you said that we had a better email than that one. What was it? Yes, you do. 
Do you remember back in the day that email we got on MySpace to open up for Little Wayne? <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, I don't I think you've ever told that one. No, I don't think we've ever talked about it. Yeah, um, in our old band, Come On Everyone, called Small Time Crooks, we were a rap group and we played a lot of good shows. We played with Kid Cudi, Wiz Khalifa, Mac Miller, Currency, and a lot of cool stuff. Young Nate. <laughs> Shouts out to Young Nate if you're out there listening to hit, this from a Harlem. Hit. If I'd have done it fast, I stepped on the gas tires, made Mama laugh, cry, started about the batting. Um, so just a track, <laughs> like boom. Okay, anyways. <laughs> oh man, that was a good DJ work. That was a sneaky edit, come on. That's a sneaky edit with your phone right there on accident. So um. So, we get a MySpace message from a guy who, I looked it up, it could have been legit in the way where he definitely knew Lil Wayne and might have had a racket going, but he said uh, Lil Wayne at the time was coming to Riverbend, which is the same here, he was on a full tour, he was with Trey Songs and Jeremiah, you know, was famous for the birthday sex song and nothing else ever, mm-hmm. and uh, he said, you know, I got this opportunity for you guys to open up for Lil Wayne, blah, blah, blah. And I messaged him back. I was like, yeah, we'd like to do that. What do we need to do? Didn't he give me his phone number, Kamal? He gave you his phone number and like said you need to bring like a certain amount of money. <laughs> and meet me he's outside. Like, like, he's like, give me like 450 or something like that. <laughs> and like, uh, <laughs> so. You guys called him, didn't you? Yeah, me and Mark called him, our friend Mark. And uh, Mark acted like he was our manager. Oh, yeah. And we were just talking to the dude. And it got to the well, point. No. Mark called him as the member of a different band. He's like, hey, I'm in a metal band. Can we do it too? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And he's like, you just got to bring this 400, 450 bucks and meet me out front of the, of the, uh, of the venue. Out which, front of Riverbend? <laughs> which there will be 8,000 people. Yeah, in the parking lot. <laughs> so, of so here's the best part. He's like, meet me up in front of uh, Riverbend. But he said, like, meet him there like at like 730 or something. Like a half hour before the show would <laughs> yeah. So uh, we contemplated just showing up with the money to see if the dude was there, just to like go. But man, it was real funny. When you're doing when you're doing hip hop and rap, it's so different than punk in the funniest, most awesome ways. Because you remember we also did like a showcase to open some arena show up. And uh, let's be clear what? here. Do you remember Skinny Ricky? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was this guy in Cincinnati oh, yeah. that said he was a hip-hop promoter. I don't think he ever put on a show. But his name was Skinny Ricky. He owned a venue. He didn't need to put on he a show. He said he owned a venue. Was he related to the guy from uh, that, whatever that band was we were talking about last time Kamal called? Oh, Sk- Skiggy Skeens? Yeah. Oh, Skiggy Skeens. <laughs> it sounds like they could be related. So That's what I'm saying, are we, they? We were playing with uh, Wiz Khalifa, and after we're done... Uh, Kamal and I were not together. The guy approached both of us differently, same angle, and we actually talked to each other about later in the night. And we were not together. He comes up, he's like, "What's up, man? I really liked you guys. We really like the vibe. You guys are some good hip hop." It's like I own a club out in uh, like Monroe or Westchester. Which, first of all, no, you don't. There's yeah. no club out no. there. It doesn't exist. And he was like, "You guys gotta come out and play. I'll get I'll get it packed full of like bitches." He was talking to this skinny white guy, and like he's like, "We'll get drinks and stuff." He's like, "Here's my card." He had a card. And it said Skinny Ricky, and he gave it to me. So then it's funny because Kamal comes up to me and he goes, "Man, you're not gonna believe who I just met." And I was like, "Skinny Ricky." <laughs> he was like, yeah. <laughs> "What? Well, wait, the card was just white, yeah. and it just said Skinny Ricky in black in the middle." Did it have a I number? I just had his phone number, and that was it. Oh, okay, <laughs> it said Skinny Ricky. I, I, was hope- I was really hoping it was He's just like a super car- skinny white guy, skinny obviously, and he was he had like. 
I think it was like a Dickies like dress shirt on, <laughs> yeah. and then like a bandana and like a backwards cap. <laughs> oh, Am I remembering that right? <laughs> See, but that's why I love doing hip hop and hip hop shows. This kind of stuff doesn't happen when you're doing rock or punk rock shows. Yeah. <laughs> like for some reason, hip hop like every little snake comes out that can just like try to get anything. I guess I don't know. I don't know they're doing. And you wanted us to film a video there. Like you should have been backstage. You guys should have done it. <laughs> no, because first of all, that club was his basement. Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, bitches met his sisters, and he yeah. had like some beers and a cooler. Right. <laughs> so you go do it, and we would get there and see that, and he would still explain that he was a talent scout. Yeah. <laughs> I think you run that same racket. Well, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> we'll talk about it some other time. Yeah, let's do that um, maybe. But um, right. you should. Now we need to talk about Utopia. Oh, we can do that for a second. Have you watched it yet? We no. talk about that creepy host. Um, no, you I haven't watched, watched Utopia no, yet, no, no. man. It's, it's really bad. It's a uh, Justin. Go 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 ahead and just Google uh, Utopia host and just look at this dude. <laughs> you okay. gotta see the host of this. You show. might know who he is. I think he was like an author of like some graphic novels or something. I tweeted about the show a few days ago, dude. and I got a lot of responses. Some of you have seen it. It's a new show on Fox, which they spent some absurd amount of money to make, where they put these people together for a year. On like 200 acres of wood. <laughs> Look at that guy. Who is that? Dan? Is a molester. <laughs> that is a molester. Dan Pararo. He is the creator of the subversive comic strip Bizarro a few years ago at San Diego Comic Con. Look at that guy. He looks like Mark Marin, who's like really into LARPing, though. <laughs> right. He really does. He does. Yeah. And this show, they take 15 people from all walks of life, aka 15 people that will not get along with each other. And they put them on this yep. like, 200 acres of land farm with limited power, money, and they're there for a year. And they have to, like, basically start, like, a whole new society and, like, decide how it's going to, like, run. It's so cheap. They could, like, just fun. make murder illegal and just kill each other, technically. And uh, you can actually watch it now 24 hours a day if you pay $5 oh, a month oh, no. and scan through the cameras all across this farm. And... uh it's so funny because it's like the very first episode. The first guy in there is a pastor who's super creepy. And then there's like a libertarian and atheist. And the first time they have a box to put all of their stuff in. And it won't fit all of their stuff. And it's all they can keep with them. The rest is gone for a year. So it's funny because the pastor wants to put his Bible in, which takes up zero space. But of course, then the atheist guy's like, I, we don't need religion or Bible here. It's so cheesy and yeah. funny. Like, it's so generic. <laughs> yeah, and then there's like the ex-con who literally... I'm thinking oh, probably not an ex-con because he's so – it's like stereotypical. It's like they looked at DMX and were like, we got to cast someone just like that because they're trying to put stuff in the box. Why like, didn't they just cast DMX? The show would, would have been, been way better. It would have been better. And the guy DMX would have done it. Yeah, he would have. <laughs> absolutely. Well, no, he would He needs the money. Yeah. <laughs> he probably actually would have appreciated it because they wouldn't have had to talk about Google or anything like that. That's true. They're going back to the basics. Back in the days, DMX remembers well and fondly. Yeah. Living on the farm. Yeah, you could make some like prison wine and stuff. And <laughs> <laughs> he'd be perfect. Well, no, there's a redneck on there who can make his own uh, booze. And he becomes friends with the uh, ex-con black guy. Oh yeah, they're the weirdest match. And they like go off by themselves. Old redneck dude from Kentucky, yeah. and this like young ex-con like black dude, and but they become like best best friends. The ex-con guy is such a stereotype of like a DMX type person. Like when he sees he can't bring all the stuff in the box, he starts going, "This some clown shit. This some clown <laughs> shit." Uh, yeah. <laughs> doesn't he? He, might, say, he says that, doesn't he? And he starts going, "He's like, all oh, oh, my yeah. shit's going he in just, the box." Like, sits back oh. and watches him put the box. 
And then all of a sudden just freaks out. He's like, here's some clown shit. This is bullshit. He... And it's like trying putting his whole box inside he's, the he's box. He's like, I put all my stuff in this box. And they're like, you can't do that. What does he want to put in there? All of his clothes and boots and belongings. And it's not consistent because in the middle of him being mad, he's like, I don't care. I'll wear the same fucking clothes for a year, but all my clothes are going in there. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> and then like, okay, like, I don't need anything. And then there's a, a contractor from Salt Lake City who's like a Mormon. It's rapey on the first night. Yeah. And then like this blonde lady who's like a uh, kind of like a hippie, whatever, like progressive type thing. And she's like, we should start a compost pile. And the guy's like, no, we're making a toilet. <laughs> you can't do both no apparently not he's like i'm not e- i'm not eating vegetables that come from poop <laughs> yes you are you always are i said well yeah that's true for one I mean, man it's i feel i can't recommend i can't recommend the show because it's horrible but i will recommend it because you should watch it at least an episode oh yeah it's entertaining because I want to. Yeah, I don't know if you remember come on but justin and i had a tradition we used to get together do you remember the show kid nation oh god yeah what? I don't think I remember that. You don't remember it? It was the best show. I don't think so. It, it was, seriously might have been the best reality show I've ever seen. It was kind of real fucked up because it was. they Extremely. took kids from the age of like 6 to 14 and basically did the same thing to them in an old Wild West town. Yeah. And these kids legit had to chop <laughs> off chickens' heads, and they did. They were like yeah. a 10-year-old. Like, and a- absolutely like like four or five of them got seriously injured. Yeah, and like you can't fake it. I'm not saying there weren't some scripted things, but like you would watch a 10-year-old with these other kids being like, well, we got to eat. I guess we got to kill this chicken. And yeah, like, and then the- they would. Show them like cut the fucking head off a chicken, and it's like, yeah, it was pretty fucked. And then like they would show them like, like they didn't have any communication with the outside world except for like the producers and stuff. But even when they wanted to go home, they couldn't because they signed these contracts. Yeah, they would call so, their like, parents. These they kids would call would... their parents each other. Well, no, they wouldn't even be allowed to. Only the kid who won the challenge got to talk That's to his right. parents. That's what it was. So, oh god. <laughs> so like they were psychologically torturing these children. Oh yeah. That, that don't understand anything outside of like being at home, and, and then, like, and, and it got yeah. real more fucked up because then what they would do is like at the end if they won a challenge, they come in and be like, "Here's a refrigerator full of water and soda, which you actually need, or you can get these go karts." Yeah, and it's like twelve year olds. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, "Oh my gosh, what do we do? We don't yeah. know what to do." The best was the people, the one that was like, it was a freezer full of like meat and provisions, or uh, two hours at a bouncy house playground. That was like, it was like, had like a pool, like a, like one of those blow up slides and like a pool and like a big bouncy house and like all kinds of shit. And this stupid motherfucking kid picked the bouncy house playground and every kid started screaming in his face. That's what it was. The person that won the challenge, the kids didn't get to vote. No. The one kid that won the challenge, she'll be like, here's food supplies for the next month and here's some BB guns. And And it was like, like, oh, cool. And it was like, actually it's like really scary because like. Since they were like six to fourteen, there would be like a kindergartner who had the uh, sway to like make a life decision over like a kid who's eight years older than him. You know, like so, like the kid who's like fourteen is like, "What the fuck were you thinking, you dumb little piece of shit?" And like, like it's funny because the first episode was after on for football or something. Justin just happened to see it, yeah. And I'll damn well tell you right now that we got together every single yeah, every week, week for the whole season to watch that show. It was seriously awesome. And like the 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 kid who won was this girl who was like thirteen or like twelve or something like that, and she was seriously like probably the most adult person she ever. Was a badass from the beginning. She was kind of naive. Even by the end, it was like Lord of the Flies. She would like literally have probably murdered one of those kids to win. <laughs> 
<laughs> and they were supposed to make a season two. Not surprised they didn't because it was real fucked up. Well, they didn't get to make a season two because they got sued by everybody. Yeah. Like halfway through the first season, they barely got to air the first season because everybody was like, "What the fuck are you thinking? Yeah. Like, you can't actually do this." And they're like, "It's already been done." Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, it like some fucking like make a little maniacal like billionaire thought up this idea of like that. Like, we're gonna put a bunch of kids. Yeah in a ghost town and they're just gonna have to kill things to eat like that sounds like a pretty good idea it sounds like some sort of like a richie rich movie scheme of like the bad guy like richie has to go save the kids that the the billionaire is trapped on a farm you know what it sounds strangely like what sounds a lot like the uh (laughs) the plot of the pest fuck you (laughs) fuck you i don't need this today or that one with ice tea oh the most dangerous game Oh, yeah, I saw that recently. That's yeah, good. that's right, you did. You should watch it every year. <laughs> uh, some of my buddies make um, his kid watch it every year for Easter. <laughs> so what we still... Is that, wait, is that real? That's real. <laughs> Why? It's the most amazing. He just picks like, a weird movie and like, relates it to the holiday for like every different holiday. And it's like they all watch it together that day. I'm going to start every Christmas watching <laughs> Judgment Night with Emilio Estevez. As well you should. It's a good movie. Oh. But... Um, uh, two hey. quick things, actually. Um, yeah. Cool Runnings is on Netflix. I haven't seen it since like came out in theaters with I my just parents. Saw that. It holds up. You know no, what holds up for it me? Fucking does. Nutty Professor. I'm not. I'm you not. are both the two <laughs> biggest listen, no. fucking shitbags. No. Listen, listen. That is that is Eddie Murphy right before his decline, and it's still hilarious. No, no, I, no. sir. It was in full swing decline. That was one of the main reasons. Had Don't he got say. had he gotten the transvestite hookers at that point? I believe that was probably oh. right. I, I think I was right after that. Not that there's anything wrong with transistite hookers. Oh my god! But oh, what fucking I listen? The Nutty Professor is not good. Cool Runnings holds it's up. Really good. What don't you like you about check it? Out. It no, it doesn't hold up. There was nothing to hold up. It's Justin? not like it was. It was looked at as some like big lofty. Can I, big, yeah, like, can I say one thing? No, it was a big hit. First off, no, it listen, was. Listen. It was a big hit, but that doesn't fucking mean anything. No, listen, listen, <laughs> Jamaica. We it got the bobsled team. You guys are outnumbered. Wait, how are we outnumbered? No, Ryan likes because it. it. I'm big hit, so a lot I, of people watch it. I like Cool Runnings. I thought it held up. I watched it when I was good. But I'm still talking about Nutty Professor. No, Nutty Professor sucks. <laughs> and if you start getting to Big Mama's house, I'm hanging up. He's gonna. He's going. I know what he's gonna say is that Norbit was pretty good. <laughs> Doctor Doolittle was not. People are... No, I don't think. <laughs> no, no, no. But Blue Streak was awesome. Uh, I'll, yeah, but it wasn't that Martin Lawrence. Yeah. That's racist, Kamal. <laughs> and you're not even white. You're not even white. Yeah, there's a white you, guy in there. Are you even allowed to be racist? Yeah, because you're Middle Eastern. Yeah, that doesn't count. Yeah, you can't be racist okay. in Middle Eastern. I want you I to understand. I want you to understand <laughs> that Nutty Professor came out right after Vampire in Brooklyn. I don't even know what that is. Tell me that. What year did it come out? 1995. Okay, I was still pretty young. Beverly, and I still like it to this day. Beverly Hills Cop was was Beverly Hills Cop three. That was great. Was the last movie he was in before Vampire in Brooklyn. Then after that, it was Nutty Professor Metro. I don't even know what that is. I remember that. Bad. Mulan, which is what fine. about Bowfinger? Bowfinger was like the thing where everybody thought he was making a comeback because it was actually good, nope. and then it didn't it didn't take because then Nutty Professor nope. two came out. Wait, do you guys agree though? Because Beverly Hills Cop three was awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He he was all uh, then. Ho- Holy Man came out. No, I remember that. Oh God! Yeah, this is a downward. Then spiral. Life with Martin Lawrence. This is just a downward spiral into depression. And then Bowfinger, which is 
great. Nutty Professor 2. Then the TV show The PJs. Stop that. Then Shrek, which is fine. Dr. Doolittle yeah, 2. You can't attribute Shrek to being good because no, of him. No. Uh, Showtime, which was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's bad. Uh, I Spy, which was terrible. Uh, I mean, Daddy Daycare. Stop it. just it. keeps getting worse and worse. <laughs> and now they're saying What was that, that one with the one where he couldn't talk? Or he oh, couldn't lie uh, or something A Thousand like Words. Yeah, it was pretty much liar, liar, but really, really, like, way worse. Yeah, let's it was just, awful. Let's get into multiplicity here. No, multiplicity's oh, fine. I mean, <laughs> it yeah, it's Michael Keaton. That's I fine. love multiplicity. So, listen, I, uh, I want to talk before we're What was free. the second thing? You said there's two things. One thing's Cool Running's on Netflix. What was it holds up. Cool Running holds up. Okay. Good movie. Now, no. Don't roll your eyes. It's a good movie. Jamaica, we got the bobsled team. Okay, great. Go okay. on. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> It seems like it's always around like an hour and five minutes where things start falling apart, and I get so mad. Things are not falling apart. Ugh. Go ahead. Cool runnings. Um, two. I would like to talk about the album cover that I think I sent you. Did I send you Nigel Peppercock? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah now listen out there, people. <laughs> we just need to make you aware. I've not heard it yet, so it's probably bad. But uh, it's an album by Nigel Peppercock, and it's called Plain White Reeboks Kicking Your Ass. <laughs> And the cover, the cover of this already amazingly named record is a man with long hair completely naked in the middle of a desert highway with a huge erection. Which is awesome. It's it, not even like huge. It's just no. like the angriest dick you've ever seen. It is the angriest penis that I believe I've ever seen. And I can You've say never it. seen a dick more ready for anything in your life. <laughs> and it is literally ready for anything. That thing would fuck a cactus. Okay, we're it is like he's like flexing his whole body and he's got like... One of his toes is like pointed. So he's I like, hate his Kamal. whole body is like he's forcing all the blood into that thing. <laughs> and I hate Kamal because Kamal took that picture, zoomed in only on the penis, and put a smiley face on it, and sent it back to me. <laughs> <laughs> but like, and I did like like the semicolon parentheses smiley face on it, so it was still sideways. <laughs> uh, here's, here's Nigel Peppercock, the Mullet Mafia. Okay. Oh, there's that album cover. It's censored. I don't know what's happening. I don't know. It's horrible. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not that guy on the album. On the album. Oh, it's not. That's I don't think so. I think it's like some punk band that huh. had like a bunch of different names. Oh, this sucks. What I'm gonna do? What I'm gonna do is pretend. Upsetting. I'm gonna pretend that doesn't exist, and pretend that guy made an album that's on the cover. Yeah. Yep. So if you're feeling frisky and you're in some place that is, uh, you know, safe for work, well, you can't look this stuff up at work. That's no, that's, work at but you just said if you're in a place that's safe for work. Well, no, that's, I, I meant, you know, not, not safe for work. And also, you can you work said, anywhere, really. If you're feeling frisky. <laughs> if you're feeling frisky, go ahead and look up. <laughs> look up Nigel Peppercock. Yeah, so go ahead and do that. So, uh, well, Kamal, thanks for calling in on our birthday. Been uh, been my pleasure. Happy birthday, guys! I hope many, many more. Thanks, bro. I hope we still have podcast by the time you guys turn ten. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank and you very much. Have a great day, guys. You too. I'll see, see you later. Bye. Bye. Right, see you guys. Bye. Okay. Yeah. So that was good. Um, I was gonna get into some stories and asking you a few things. You want to do a couple questions? Not many, but maybe. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple. Um. This is the one I keep avoiding. I'll just do it. Uh, 
Ryan and Justin, in parentheses, he put just in what with a smiley face? Well, answer him. I mean, whatever he wants, I guess. Well, what are you just getting in? I mean, whatever he wants me to. Anything? Yeah, I don't care. All right. Let's, see, that. that is someone who caters to their fans. Yeah. You will get in anything he needs you to. Yeah. That's a good man. Um, what are your views on animal testing for disease? For example, would you rather hundreds survive cancer but hundreds of dogs die for that cure or it to still be something that kills a large variety of people? Hashtag LGFG. I don't want to get crazy long into this by any means. No. But I'll say that already animals in general when it comes to eating or testing is a very complicated topic. And anybody already think it's not unless you're one of two sides. Unless you're just into hunting and eating animals and don't think it's wrong at all. Right. Or unless you're a strict vegan who thinks there's no gray area and that it's completely wrong. Right. If you don't take one of those two viewpoints, which I don't on either side, I think it's a very complicated thing to discuss. Right. Now, if you're a full-on straight vegan against all animal things, it's not complicated to you. And if you're a hunter who hunts animals and eats game, you know, and makes your own, then it's probably not complicated either. Right. I don't take either of those two positions. I do eat animals. I do like animals. I don't want to see most animals hurt. Um, animal testing. And even then, there's so many gray areas. Is animal testing can go from, like, something to cure a disease to, like, testing hair dye. Yeah. And I don't... Well, I mean, he's speaking specifically of disease. Okay, so I was going to say, because obviously I'm not with hair dye companies and stuff testing animals, because there's no need to. No. Because if you're telling me you can't find some people who are willing to let you bleach your hair and try some hair dye, then you're full of shit. Yeah. I would do it. Give me 20 bucks. Right. <laughs> I don't care. But, uh, man, that's like an actual good question. Yeah. It's That's a hard question. Um, if you could test something on some animals that legit had the possibility to save hundreds or thousands of lives, I think that's fine. Yeah. You can think I'm an asshole, and that's fine, because that's your opinion. Right. I don't think... I don't like it. I'm not saying I think it's awesome. No. Um, and even though I eat meat, I don't like the idea that animals are tortured or executed, like, in any inhumane ways. I think it's bad. I think it's wrong. Like, if I see, you know, a semi go by, like, full of pigs stuffed together with no room to breathe, it makes me sad. Right. So... I don't know. Maybe like the gray area is also in my mind where like you say things that don't necessarily all fit together because I don't sound really like know. DJ PayPal. <laughs> the gray area is also in my mind. I got man. a little sneaky edit coming in here, um, but uh, yeah, I don't. What do you think? I don't. I think that no matter what, my problem with people saying like if you disagree with something, but you do like if you disagree with like animals being hurt, but you still eat meat, then you're a hypocrite. That's dumb. I don't like, agree with that. Not, that's what I mean. There is a gray area unless you're one of the two extremes. Right. I don't and mean that's extremes a fine, in a bad and way. It's fine if you think that way. Like if you want to go ahead and say like, "Oh, I'm I'm this and I believe this thing absolutely." Sure, that's fine. Great. Good for you, and I'm glad that you're well, you're able to express that. Now, this is the thing though, is that if you are that way and you want to be only strictly this thing, then I can also have the opinion that you're a fucking idiot because not everything is exactly the way you think it is all the time. Exactly. Like you have to be malleable no matter what. Yes, I disagree with the idea of testing on animals. It makes me sad and whatever. But the sad fact is, is that it's a necessary evil, no matter how you look at it. Like <clears throat> I don't think you should test cosmetics and things like that on no, animals. No, for sure not. 
But if you're doing gene therapy and learning things about the human body and stuff so you can do clinical trials on human beings, then, you know, do it. I mean, yeah. I don't want you to necessarily. If there was a way to avoid hurting an animal to do that, I would much rather that. But ultimately, like, with that, it, it sucks to use, like, cliches, but progress you progress has to take a couple eggs breaking. Well, sure. You know what I mean? Like, but it's true. It's just how it is. And like, unfortunately, no. but like people are always like, we'll just let them test on people. And it's like, yeah, but the problem is, is that people have like, people will take advantage of that. And like, they're cognizant of things. So they'll just sue people because this worked out this way. Or like their family member will go, well, his teeth fell out when you used that on him and then yeah, he died. Absolutely. And it's like you will never get progress because people will tie things up in courts too much. And it sucks that animals don't have the same rights or whatever, but that's just that's the way that society is built and has always been built is that – I mean you're talking going back thousands of years, people learning things about human beings by experimenting on animals. Well, that's, what, that's why I try to take – like a logical side to a lot of things where it's like I have some people that are like way into hunting to the point where I'm like, you might be crazy. No. But I've also heard people literally say the animals should have the same rights as humans. And I'm like, well, explain that one to me. Yeah. Explain how that works out yeah. in society. I agree that like there's okay. animals that should be protected. And I think that we should, I think that looking at sustainable farming and stuff like that is more important than ever. Very important. Because I don't think that the way that the country or the world is built as far as like food and stuff goes is at all no. sustainable. And we've talked about that. The way yeah. food is in America is fucked up and yeah. really wrong. It's I'm weird. Not, I'm not saying that everything that's happening right now is fine at all. So don't take it that way. No. The way we do food in this country is weird. We talked about it last week. Yeah. It's creepy. It's, it's very bizarre up. and I don't like it at all. Like I, I don't. And all the processing and all the yeah. craziness. And yes, I do agree that we eat so much meat in our country that it makes it kind of like that. And we could definitely all cut back. Yeah. So, or but, find better alternatives to right. like doing that, but like, as far as like, this is the way I look at it is like, if say there's a even if you go with dogs and I love dogs and like everybody knows that like I volunteer at shelters and I do I what say, I can yeah, to help dogs. dogs and like any animal that needs help I'll help. But if there was a necessary a necessity of that dog dying and then like a kid or something had cancer and that kid grew up to then cure other types of cancer because his cancer got cured. I'd say that the win for society is like, okay. You know what I mean? It's like team human. Like you want us to be okay. Right. And it doesn't mean you want animals to be hurt. No, that's, and that's the thing is like, is like ultimately, you know, if if that cure comes from an animal or whatever, then the animal should be looked at as a hero. For sure. But you can't. You just you can't expect because of how we live in a constant state of self preservation. You can't expect that to ever change. You know what I mean? Like, Definitely. It's all. There's always going to be something that needs to be done. And then people say like the same thing is like people bring up the idea of well, why don't you just clone? whatever and then use that for the experience and it's like well how's that any better you know what i mean like it's exactly the same thing only you're you're then you get into another set of things where it's like well does a clone have rights yeah, to then its you own get into, life and blah, blah blah if you clone an animal is it not an animal yeah i don't i mean so I, don't, what is that? I, I literally yeah. i don't know 
And like this is the thing is that as computers and stuff get more and more sophisticated, you'll have less and less animal testing because they sure. can map all that shit and computers and three D printers and all this crazy stuff. Because you even see less and less animal testing now. Like For sure. Like there's a lot of it, don't get me wrong, like on mice and stuff like that. Yeah. But you don't see as much of it on larger animals and mammals and stuff because they are working on like, you know, a way to well, uh, model that in like digitally so they don't have to do that to animals and everything. And that's, you know, but ultimately there's always going to be some form of that testing go on because absolutely. that's how it goes. Mice are somehow well equipped to be a testing ground for things that would work on us. So they use it on them. And then, you know, that's what, yeah, like 3d printing, like they would grow organs on mice and stuff, but now they're learning how to make, organs out of 3d printed material that work inside people's bodies you i mean know? yeah we're getting there I, yeah probably in our lifetime i don't know technology moves so fast we we're talking about it today because my roommate's eye had a scratch on his eye like on his eye mm-hmm. so he had to wear sunglasses he couldn't like look at light for the last two days now to get these drops and stuff we we're talking about like it's gonna be funny because in 20 years you could probably just get a google eye yeah you know what i mean Who or knows? walk in and there'll be a, like a laser that goes get some things. nanobots or yeah. something or nanotech maybe yeah but yeah but I think those are fair answers. Yeah. Hopefully we answered your question. Hopefully you don't hate us and it wasn't a test. <laughs> I hope they do. I hope they just dislike us. Yeah. Um, this is the Wonder Sears has said that he has a video for us today, which is nice of him. Appreciate said, that. Also, congrats, Ryan, on a new job and congrats, Justin, on a new house. Justin, I hope your house is looking good and you're feeling good about it. Oh, not yeah. anymore yeah you are uh, yeah. also ryan i can't wait to see you guys play in cleveland if i can get a hold of a rental car and making the trip have a good week guys. oh well no fuck you we're not coming anymore i'm not yeah. playing that show. rental car if you come to a show in a rental car you're a poor person and they don't want you there yeah <laughs> uh, i'm in the upper tax bracket but no thank you very much well let's hang out at the show um for what it's worth left unsaid there is a there's a yellow porch. Oh, this is that creepy video of that guy following. Remember, we already did this on the show. Oh yeah, where the guy's like following that chick around, right? I think so. Yeah, this is it because he like follows her down the street. What year is this from? It looks like it's from like ten years ago, but two thousand eight. Yeah, there it is. See, you remember this? Yeah, yeah. We already went through this on the show, but <laughs> thanks for that. the. Yeah. It is good. It's very creepy. Yeah. Um, what is it with this trend of people? Yeah, that's what we haven't even talked about yet is Maroon 5. Oh, we'll talk about that in And a we already bit. played the country song about the yeah. guy well, that is stalking his ex-girlfriend. What yeah. is this weird thing throughout rock, hardcore country, every type of music, about these like love-scorned guys stalking someone? I don't know. Because it's really got to stop. Yeah. Gentlemen, please stop. Writing songs about stalking your ex. It's weird. And no one, there's not a place for it. Let's, uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that song here in a minute. Um, we need to. Our friend Kirby uh, said, you need to have a conversation with Tom Schmidlin on a future episode of Big Smacker, Snackers. He is a true renaissance man that many of your listeners need introduced to. No. That's true. No. I mean, I would ta- have Tom on. I would never talk to Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Tom is from Team Stray. Uh, if anybody knows who that is, if not, you should look them up. They're on Spotify and stuff like that. Team Stray is great, and you should listen to their album Gender Studies. Yeah. And actually, anybody <clears> listening, <throat> please, if you have Spotify, look up Team Stray. Tom actually sang guest vocals on Even on the Worst Nights, our album. They're a Cincinnati band, and they're amazing. Yeah. So 
um, they're not even like a fully active band right now. I'm not saying it for like exposure or like a yeah. Plug. They're just, they're they only play like once in a while. They're just so good that you should look up Team Stray on Spotify and listen to Gender Studies. Yeah, be like this band is great. It's Team Stray. T E A M S T R A Y. Austin Fig, I think, said, uh, "Hey guys, last year I was Doom Doom Dorm Supervisor at a boarding school." Some of those oh, kids loved yeah. Teen Wolf. I would let them use the TV in my office to watch it. It was terrible. So you're right on that without even seeing an episode. You know, your first problem is that you let those kids watch that bullshit. Yeah. You what have you should have done is called them racist. And but then... That's pretty nice. He works at a boarding school, you know. Yeah, wouldn't you like that job? Yeah, there's a couple of guys there. <laughs> okay, yeah, there probably are a couple of guys there. Um no, I guess that was nice of you to let them watch that, but man, I haven't even seen it, so you have had more torture yeah, than me. Yeah, I literally am basing everything I'm saying, and I feel like this is a show where I can do this without being a dick, is I'm basing all my critique off of the commercials. Yeah. I don't need to watch that. Well, that's I the know. thing. I already I, know. MTV has not had a good show in so long. That's what I mean. That, that show's not going to surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> you can judge anything that's on there based on a commercial. In fact, you don't have to watch any episode of any of the like reality shows. Just watch a commercial. You'll know what's going to happen by the end of the episode. You can count the good MTV shows on one hand. There was The State. Yeah. There was Buzzkill. Yeah, we can... I liked it. You didn't like it? Nah, I'm not, it wasn't a big It wasn't thing. as good as The State. Yeah. There was... Human Giant. Human Giant. Was Fear? Was it called Fear? I liked yeah, that show. Fear. They canceled after one... Any good MTV show... Fear Tactics? Got... No, it's just fear. fear. There's scare tactics. Oh yeah, scare, yeah, scare tactics. Though. Scare tactics. Fear, yeah, fear was good. And that's just it. Is any MTV show you know it's good because it get canceled after a season or two, and any other show on TV will be around for ten years yeah. and it sucks. Like fear was a cool idea. Yeah, it was. What it was fear awesome. did, and it wasn't like these ghost hunter shows are like throwing in extra shit. They would go to places that were supposed to be haunted. There would be each person would be like a color team, but it was just one person. Yeah, there's like five or six people. Yeah, like challenges, and they would and have stuff. to go out in these like old haunted prisons or like sawmills by themselves with a camera and night vision and do these challenges, like sit in this corner of this attic for thirty seconds and like chant this thing. Yeah, and it was more about mind psyche. Like they didn't come in and scare people. They didn't fuck with them. It actually was these people by themselves in the dark. Just being scared yeah, of their like, mind because their mind was psyching like them the out. the guy who uh, had to go out in the middle of that prison, like to the gallows, and put the rope around his neck and pull the lever that was underneath of him. Yeah. Or whatever, like, like that's supposed to control the trap door. Like, of course, they're not going to murder this man on television. No, but you but still, it I don't care who you are. so bad, yeah. you know? And like one guy, they were like this old camp where like people got murdered, and he had to go to this cabin, sit by himself in the dark blindfold for 30 seconds. Then draw a pentagram on the floor. Yeah. And the whole time, this guy is shaking, drawing it. And, like, MTV didn't come in for once, like, the real world stuff and mess with people. It was just all their own minds getting the best yeah, of Yeah, it was awesome. It was really interesting. Yeah. It lasted for one season, was done. Of course. But 16 and Pregnant has been around for six years. <laughs> so, there's MTV for you. That being said, I guess, obviously, that's what makes money. I get it. Yeah. That sucks, though, because, man, the fear and, like, the state, so many good shows. But they're not, they don't last. Not on that channel. Uh, Jerry sent us a video. Now, what is it? Let's, let's see here. It's, uh... This is Master P? Master P, All when right. I shit, my dick touch the water. <laughs> Every time I use the bathroom. I don't know if it's because I have a long neck thunder stick. Or is this high water levels? Every time I sit down on that toilet, 
this what happens. We're not shit. My dick touched the water. My dick touched the water. My dick touched the water. I want you to know this is from this year. My dick touched the water. But I'm pretty sure it's a parody. My dick touched the water. We're not shit. My dick touched the water. This ain't engine. It's all brown like some cola. Yellow pee like Corona. R. Kelly, I. Piona. Louis Leona. Florida Daytona. My dick touched the water. This bathroom hot as a sauna. Turk green like Shrek and Fiona. I need some tissue from Kona. This has to be the greatest parody of all time. A, that sounds like Master P. Yeah. B, it could have been legit because Master P came out with a new mixtape. Oh, no. Sorry. Thank you for that. Everyone should give a round of applause to that song. Because you know what? It's a problem a lot of people are facing in today's society. It's true. Um, Let's talk about Maroon 5. Um, Now I don't know if it is or not. Anyway. Uh, yeah, that's the best thing. Um. Thanks, Jerry, for sending Maroon us Maroon 5 that. has a new song. Yeah. Do you want to get through the rest of these first? Oh, yeah, yeah we, can go, we can go through them. There's only a couple. Um, hey, guys, I love the podcast and always look forward to listening to it while I work at my boring QC job. Quality control, I guess. Uh, Ryan, I am looking forward to seeing mixtapes at Koi Fest next week. Not playing now. What is that? Toronto. Oh. I will come say hi. Well, you'll be talking to nobody because... Because I'm not playing now. Um, okay, you can come say hi. Thanks. <laughs> are you guys really playing it, or are you not? No, we are. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. It's a... uh, Justin, I know you're a beer enthusiast. Would you like me to give Ryan some good local Canadian beer for you? Yes, I would. I'll try anything, and give I'll let you know him. how I what I think of it. Can I bring beer back across the border? I don't think they're going to be looking for it. You can just hide it somewhere or something. Oh, I will. Um, now, what? Yeah, get me like a mixed six pack of like beers that you like, cause that's what I like. I don't want to try just like one type. Just get me six different ones, uh, and I would really appreciate it. Um, I know you guys mentioned the Craig Friend interview a while back. Is that still going to happen? Uh, yeah. I mean, as soon as we can get a hold of him, yes. Or as soon as he has time. Yeah, it is. Know. That's what I mean. Like I said, the guest thing. We don't. Some podcasts have like secretaries and like schedule these things. Yeah. We, we just text much, people. We just text people and yeah. go back and forth and uh, that day work it out. And usually, if they can make it, we'll if you'd have like, them. I guess I could start trying to be more organized and start hitting people up like five or six days before. Yeah, but so. he said he'll do it. So yeah, so, we'll get yeah, him. So we'll, and it's just like anybody else we've mentioned on here has said they'll do it. We just and they need will to get on like to, but yeah. Half times on tour. I mean, like that's why Dennis is the call next week because he's recording right now and he thought he'd be done and he sucks at drums clearly. Yeah, because he's the still not done. Fucking. How long does it take? He could do the whole album in like an hour and a half. That's very true, actually. Um, also, have you guys heard of Hevasaurus? I think you guys would get a kick out of them. I found them one night scouring the depths of new releases on Ardio. Um, No, I have not heard of Hevasaurus. Have you? No. We're about to, apparently. I'm curious. John Lewis just texted me. I don't know why this thing defaults back to the full volume every time it does that on everyone's computer and it's really annoying there's no other program in the world no other website does that nope i don't even know what this is gonna be
This is already real creepy. Yeah, this video is very strange. I'm gonna have to fast forward a little bit here. What? What is happening in this video? You gotta put this video on the blog. Oh my god. Yeah, the video is the main reason to watch this. Like, are these guys Scandinavian? Oh my god. <laughs> oh man. Oh, this is like their gimmick? They all dress like dinosaurs? <laughs> oh, f you! Oh, thank you so much that's for sending a good that video. to us. Put that on the blog today. Oh, you are my favorite person. That's got to uh, go on the blog. That's Sean, Monday morning airport on uh, Tumblr. Which I is think also... you got your name from a Lifetime song. Yeah, it sounds like it. Maybe he just likes good airports on Monday. Uh, is that see. like when I was with our friend Josh Condon, and we were at the airport, and he's like, I just had to come down here sometimes and watch the planes take off. It's not strange. I do that. I used to do that all the time. It's strange. No, it's not. It's fun to watch planes. Granted, um, behind my house, like where the fence is, we had a bonfire last night, and that's where the small airport is for Cincinnati State, and planes were just taking off. I think they had like finals or something, because it was like a lot, like 10, probably within an hour and a half. Yeah, so... It was kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it was um, kind of cool. Anonymous said, oh, Cody from Missouri said, uh, I found watermelon Oreos in a Target where I live. Justin is right. No, he's not. They're probably good. I haven't had them. No. You are a fucking <laughs> shithead. You've you not think, had them either. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> That's watermelon not, fucking Oreos? It's not the, the chocolate. Somebody it's found not. watermelon coconut Oreos the other day. That's disgusting. But listen, a watermelon Oreo on the golden wafer would probably be all right. Chocolate, no. <laughs> what? Get out of my fucking look? house? <laughs> that does not sound bad. Jesus Christ. Would you try the peanut butter Oreo? Yeah, I've had the Reese's peanut butter Oreos, and I admitted that they were good. But a watermelon Oreo? No, it doesn't even matter if it's on the golden one. It would be terrible. Watermelon is great. Watermelon as a flavor is horrible. You don't like the watermelon candy and stuff? No. Oh, I like it. Doesn't it doesn't taste like watermelon. No, it doesn't. But that's what's funny is I don't like strawberries. And I like strawberry flavoring because it's fake. Like strawberry donuts. Because it tastes nothing like a strawberry. Why are you so offended God, by this? Jesus. I don't know why I'm doing this fucking show anymore. Does anybody out there like mint chocolate chip? Stop. We've already <laughs> done over this. I, I won. I won you this did. already. You did win that, but I still think it's delicious. And watermelon Oreos, I don't know. They might be bad. I, I don't know. Um, I obviously don't care. I've seen them at the grocery store by my house. I've never bought them because I'm not that interested. This person wrote in. Hold on. Said. Mr. Ch Mr. Chainsaw said. <laughs> Go listen to GMC for show Little Bird Life what Rifle Burrs. Also, Justin, you should listen to some Harvey Danger. Okay, you do don't I mean, you? I yeah, like I mean, that. I like Harvey. Danger. I mean, I've admitted before I've never actually listened to a whole album by them or anything. Oh, I like yeah, I like all three of their albums. Great um, band. Here we go. Is this okay? <clears throat> I mean, I don't know what this is about to be because it looks terrible, but. <laughs> That's likely. This is the hardest beat. This is the hardest beat anybody's ever heard. It's made out of gunshots. I've heard plenty gunshots of gunshot beats. Beat. I think that's Freddie Gibbs' drunk uncle. 
It does look like a monster. I'm pretty sure. Ah! Taking off our shirts, about to make these rifles burst. Taking off our shirts, about to make these rifles burst. Taking off our shirts, about to make these rifles burst. I wish burst. this was serious. Taking off our shirts, about to make these rifles burst. Burst, burst, burst. Oh, it's so burst. terrible and amazing burst. at the same time. Burst. Here's what's funny, Sweat. though, is you know what that video burst. looks like? Burst, burst. A Chief Keef video? <laughs> I was going to say. Burst. <laughs> this is a parody, but it looks a lot like the Chief Keef video for Don't Like. Yeah. And where him and his friends are all shirtless, dancing with a fog machine on the house that has no Holding furniture. guns. And has no furniture in the house. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate it, but uh, it's all right. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Uh, how much of an influence did East Bay punk bands that came out of the Gilman scene have on you? None. Next question. I'm gonna say I'm fine with I'm fine with this guy Mike because his name on Tumblr is Candy Bar Overlord ninety (laughs) three. It's good. (laughs) The first ninety two taken of that name. Probably. I read that or that was the year he was born. I mean, East Bay Punk. Depending on how you define that. Okay, you know what? Okay, I don't know what that. Are you choking on a penis? Deep throating it, man. The candy bar or the penis? It's the same thing. Um, East Bay Punk. Well, I guess that can be whatever East Bay punk bands you like, because it's different movements. But yeah, I'm very influenced. Man, I, I mean, mean Rancid, from Rancid, and... Mr. T, Experience to Operation Ivy. I mean, yeah, I don't. I Green Day, obviously. Yeah. I don't really like AFI. I don't hate AFI or dislike AFI. It's not for me. Um, I mean, Mr. T, Experience is one of my favorite bands. You know, mixtapes got to be the Mr. T, Experience. And back Dr. Frank a few years ago. It was one of the coolest experiences of my life. Yeah. Um, I love Operation Ivy. Um, I don't love Rancid, but I love a couple of Rancid records. I love Rancid. I mean, I like Rancid a lot. I They have two records I absolutely love. One I almost love. And I love Operation Ivy. But yeah, I mean, East Bay, I like Crimp Shrine. Face to face. Yes. I don't know how deep you're getting into the East Bay Punk movement, but I mean, Justin and I love some East Bay Punk. Yeah, I mean, pretty much anything that came out of Lookout Records in the 90s was fine with me, you know. I like Rancid a lot. Um, Rancid, yeah. I mean, Rancid and... Okay, I should just say, and I like Outcome the Wolves a lot. That's what I mean Uh is, okay, Outcome the Wolves and Life Won't Wait are incredible. Yeah, and I still like Let's Let's Go. Let's Go is really good, but the very first album, the stuff after Life Won't Wait, some great songs. Yeah. Some great songs. I think Rancid... Became a band, in my opinion, I don't know, because it could just be that Tim Armstrong's out of his mind. I think they became too self-aware of their image. Right. And came, became kind of like a joke of it. Yeah. Like, out come the wolves. Like, they're dressed ridiculous. They got red mohawks and leather jackets, but I feel like it was sincere. Yeah, I think so, And too. I feel like at some point they became too self-aware and started hanging out with, like, the good Charlottes and this and that. It almost became too much of, like, not that they were joking, but you know what I mean. I mean, I don't know they how to like, explain it. They started thinking that they were, like, they were as big as like those kids thought they were you know what that I mean? is like, definitely yeah i mean that and then they just kind of like they did outcome the wolves which is a straight punk record with a little bit of like ska and then the next record they went to jamaica and recorded life won't wait and it was almost like a ska record and it was cool like they're doing whatever they wanted 
And they almost just became this like machine of writing rancid songs after that. Oh yeah. And I just didn't. Well, no, I guess after that they did two thousand, which was just straight weird. And yeah. after that they became this weird like. I don't know. That being said, they've written some of the greatest. How come the Wolves is one of the most consistent punk records ever? Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt about Life that. Life won't wait is incredible, and Let's Go is a classic. So, yeah, yeah I'll say that Rancid's great, but East Bay punk in general. If I had to pick a band, <coughs> for me, obviously, it'd be Mr. T Experience. Yeah. Just because I love them. I mean, I love them. Yeah. They're a band. I mean, I think I've talked to you about it. I don't think I'm on the podcast, just in person, like, talk. When I was younger, I definitely was more like Screeching Weasel and the Queers, and it appealed more to me. And I love Mr. T Experience. But as you got older, they were a band that seemed to resonate more. Yeah. With being a little bit older. Right. There's a little bit more to it with the lyrics and the music, and they just... Dr. Frank is just a clever dude. Yeah. I mean, I like... Yeah, I like all that stuff you mentioned. I I mean, as far... I mean, I know they're not asking for my influences, because I don't have musical influences, but... Well, you do. Well, yeah. I mean, it's day-to-day. In a different but, way. Yeah. yeah. Um... So, yeah, thanks for the question. I, I was going to say, if I had to pick my greatest Bay Area influence, it would be uh, probably Creedence Clearwater Revival. I don't think they're from the Bay Area. Or is Leonard Skinner. One of those two bands is from San Francisco, and I didn't know that until like a month ago, and it really Oh, wait, it is. It's Creedence Clearwater. That's they're right. from San Francisco, yeah. which is really strange. Yeah. <laughs> it really doesn't make sense. Um, do you, do you, do you looking out my back oh, door? That song's so great. It is a great song. Uh, let's see. Drains to the Severn said, what are your least favorite records from your favorite bands, and do you enjoy those albums despite them being weak for their standards? Also, thanks for crushing the Falcons yesterday, signed a Panthers fan. That's a good question, and we did crush the Falcons. And I'd like to say that the Bengals crushed the Falcons. Well, all three No, you talk about our podcast. We beat the Falcons yesterday. (laughs) Oh, did we? On ratings? Mm -hmm. Um, No, but for real, the Bengals played a great game because we beat the Falcons with all three of our wide receivers out. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. It's pretty weird. I don't know how many people listening. It's pretty weird football, that they did better with their wide receivers out than they did the week before. The Bengals are two and zero, and I think we have improvements, but we look good. Yeah. And you're welcome right. because I'll take the Jaguars over the Falcons any day. Yeah. Although you know, Young GZ paid for the Falcons. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously. So that. Um, yeah, there's definitely least favorite albums from my favorite bands. I guess we should stick it to like one or two bands. Um, uh, well, I mean, you don't even have to answer just with band. I mean, you can just say, yeah, obviously if you like a band, if they mean like a lot to you, then you're willing to overlook some of the weaker things. Like, I mean, like Lagwagon, like, yeah, in recent years, they haven't made like the greatest stuff in the world, but I still see the value in it. I would say Lagwagon Blaze, I don't love it, yeah. but I still like I it. I still has a great, a bunch of great songs on it. Uh, my brother used to listen to Lagwagon. Uh, or I think my brother used to listen to Wag It has really good songs on it that are very overlooked because people didn't want to listen to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think that, like, if a band is, like, like basically, like, part of your DNA at a certain point because you love them so much that yeah. you do, you're you're willing to overlook what other people think is bad. You know Absolutely. what I mean? I was going to say is even, like, uh, I mean, Dillinger 4 probably my favorite punk band that's still playing and together right now yeah situation is comedy is my least favorite album yeah it's by their album. weakest album by but far but man it's still really good oh yeah it's so great it, when it's your favorite band I guess it's hard like I'm just trying to think of bands there definitely are some that I like a lot that should put out an album I actually thought sucked it definitely exists oh yeah like I mean like I can go back to like No Use for a Name yeah they have at least three albums that I think are fucking garbage but right. I still 
by and large think that their good material outweighs their bad and I'll still listen. I mean, even their bad albums have good songs on them. Yeah. You know? I like Suicide Machines. I have some of my favorite records of all time yeah. and some records I don't, I haven't listened to in 10 years. Yeah. I mean, Rob, even Counting Crows, if you want to go that far. Counting Crows. They've uh, had some real weak albums, but they have a lot of albums. So Counting Crows, like, Hard Candy. And they're my favorite band. And that album has like three great songs, but yeah, I mean... You can tell, I think, some bands, including myself, you just get uninspired at a point. You need something to kick your ass. Yeah. And, I mean, music usually comes from tragedy. As you look at Blaze by Lagwagon was kind of lackluster. Yeah, and then Resolve, and then Resolve came the out fucking... and b- paved over your emotions. Yeah. Like, completely. Well, that's, I mean, that's the thing away. is it takes, I don't know that it takes the tragedy to make you, like, notice that or get perspective. No. I think in general it just takes the wake-up call being like, why am I being so complacent? You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Like, when you look at things, like, you get... It's so funny, like, how when things are, like, awesome, especially for, like, even if, like, if you're a songwriter or, like, you're doing comedy or you're doing anything creative, when things are awesome, like, it's great. Like, you you love it, but it goes by so fucking fast. When you're in a rut, you look back and you're like, how the fuck did I get in this for this long? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when you forget, like, how to, like, do the things that you... That did come so naturally to you. Yeah. And you're just like, what the fuck? Like... Because when things were great, you're like, oh, I remember that. That was for, like, six months. Then, like, for two years, you won't do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's easy, and I think, yeah, it, you don't need tragedy. I just think tragedy spurs oh, it creativity. Yeah. Even, like, in comedy, I'm sure yeah. you can take bad situations and make humor out of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's I've all taken, you have. I've like, taken tons of bad situations yeah. and written songs out of it. It's uh, I met with my friend Mark last week to talk about recording some stuff. Yeah. It's funny because his dad passed away two years ago. And we were just chatting, and we met up to re- talk about recording this record, because he has a studio. And we ended up hanging out for about two hours, and for an hour and 45 minutes, we just talked about our dad's passing away, because it's yeah. more recent to him. Right. And it was funny for two reasons. is uh, One, I realized I don't ever talk about that stuff with people, even my closest friends. Oh, you know yeah. I mean, like, you're one of my best friends, and you're going through some hard family stuff. Yeah. And we could definitely sit down and talk about it, but I usually just write about it. Yeah. And Mark kind of spurred the conversation. I would have never thought about it. And it's funny because on the way home, he texted me. He was like, man, sorry we didn't talk about music that much. Uh, we can meet later this week. And I was like, no, like, thank you. Like, I was, that was really nice. Yeah. Because I don't talk about stuff that much. I write about it. And I'm sure you put it into comedy. Yeah. And it's the same thing. It's just, I think human nature is easy to take something bad and not turn it into a joke by any means, but you know what I mean. Is like you have to be able to look at all sides of something, because if not, you're gonna be a miserable human. Well, being. that's the reason why. Like, that's the reason why. Like, you don't see. Like when people, okay, like when something bad happens, like you can ask like four people who were standing right there, what happened, and all of them will have a different answer. Absolutely, it's because your brain wants really badly to comb over that shit and not think about it. Whereas when something really good happens, you might get varied answers from those people, but in general, they're going to be almost exactly the same because it was a good thing. But they'll also be like, oh, it happened really fast, even though something good usually happens like They always say like eyewitness accounts of a tragedy are like the worst witnesses ever. Oh, they're fucking awful. Because they don't really know. Like your brain does not process that the way. It's the reason why like, it's the reason why like you can think of like, 9-11 9-11 or whatever and you can think like oh i remember seeing that video of the plane hitting a building like a million times and you can say like you can describe it to somebody then they'll show you the video it will look nothing fucking like that but you can remember the time that like after hurricane katrina when the saints played football again and um uh reggie uh what's his name 
Bush. Reggie Bush ran that touchdown back from the kickoff. And they needed can remember that. That, that. needed that. But you can remember that specifically. You'll see the video and be like, oh, yeah, it did happen That's exactly the way. It was, it was like way. a grand moment because yeah. their city needed that. Right. Like they had nothing. And they came back. And football, I mean, a lot of people I'm sure listening don't like football. No. But I just mean football, a lot of people love it. Yeah. And it means a lot to a lot of people. And it's a community, and, and especially after something like that. New Orleans had been destroyed, and this yeah. football team came back. And they weren't a good football team. No. And they became great. Yeah. And rose up out of this city that needed it. Yeah. Like, and it was but that, And that's the thing is, like, you can remember that t- that moment. And if you saw the video again, it would I be almost exactly day. the yeah. same In as you remembered it. Um, but for some reason, like, our brains just want really bad to be like, oh, yeah, bad shit that happened. That's the reason why people, like, they go to, like, therapy and, like, they don't. Not that they don't remember, they just didn't want to deal with it, like things that happened to them, and then they remember it, and not because it's a repressed memory, because it's not like a real thing. Or it's like PTSD. I know people that have that just from bad memories. You push it away because your mind doesn't want to focus on it. No, it's the reason why. Like, I mean, it's just that's that's what I mean. Is like you can't. It's really hard to like think of like bad stuff all the time, and that's the reason why. Like in art, it's a lot easier to write about it. Because oh, you're definitely. processing it, like you're not just sitting there dwelling on it. You I know? was talking to my friend Mark, and I was like, "It's crazy because since mixtapes, you know, we've had a lot of cool success or whatever, and I've had magazines or interviews, online stuff ask me, and it's crazy because they'll be like, well, you started this been after your dad passed away. Like, how did that happen? What was your relationship like?'" And I'm just like, "No, not yeah, not. I'm not gonna talk about that." <laughs> I'm just like, "Listen, we can talk vaguely about that. I'm not putting that out." And right. not like I'm never a dick about it. I'm not like fuck you for asking. I'm just like you know honestly, I'm just don't really feel comfortable. Right. I don't mind that people know that I started that band because, because of my that. dad passed right. away, and it's something passed to me. And I hope other people can help them, and it has. People have talked to me, but you don't need the details of what happened to my dad and what it was like to take him to the hospital. Like that's not necessary no, to get not, the story as to what's happening here and to feel better about it. Like. So, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just like interviews I said, I'm just kind of like, that's no. really personal. And I, I mean, like, that's like the thing is like, you only talk about it when you're ready to like, and even then you don't have to talk about it in depth. You can just be like, well, and, and not know. like with an online blog. No. I mean, that's, I mean, it's like, it's hard enough for like my friend, Mark, who's a friend of eight to 10 years. Yeah. It was weird then. And it's like, we have a song called Anna Marie. Anna Maria. Yeah, about the island. Which, yeah. Which is like where my dad, my mom and I used to vacation. It's like. We never, never played it because I can't. Like, I would cry. Yeah. I wouldn't finish it because right. it's a really personal song. And we only played it once ever. Is a guy I know named Dan from St. Louis was at Fest down in Gainesville, and his dad passed away. Right. It's like, you know, could you play this? And I was like, all right. And I started crying. It's on YouTube. Like, it's the only time we ever played it. We'll never play it again. Like, right. it's a personal song. I'm glad I got to record it. It was hard enough to record. Like, I can't physically get on stage and do that. It's just too hard. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, yeah, it's just I, when things are just too personal, you know. It's it's a really personal song, and I'm glad it's recorded. A lot of people said it's helped them get through things, and that's amazing. But yeah. I don't want to play it live all the time, because I'd like to have some fun when I get to get up on stage. Right. But like like with you, it's like I'm sure as a comedian, like I said, you should make everything into jokes, but you have to be able to put things in perspective enough to not just bum yourself out all the time. Yeah. Because it's so easy, whether you're going through a death of a family or a depression. Yeah. Anything at school, work, because any age, it doesn't matter. Like depression's real. Yeah, and that's you not know, that we're like turning into like some sort of ad. I just mean like it's like a real serious issue. I know you've dealt with it. I like who hasn't? And it's like you can be fifteen or forty. Like you have to be able to look at things in a way and not bum yourself out. Yeah, myself included. Yeah, absolutely, you do. 
I think that's important. So I'm not going to harp on about it, but it's important. So, uh, Peter says, happy anniversary snacks. Been here since episode one, stoked for another year of hilarity. Well, after we just talked about that, I don't think you're so stoked, but yeah. hey, man, thanks. Thank you very much. Um, let's get back to something hilarious. I got something hilarious for you. Okay. Maroon 5 made yeah. this new rapey song. Yeah. So you just got to throw the word rapey Spe- back in there. Speaking are- of, I mean, like, speaking of uh, a thing that, you know, writing your own personal experience. <laughs> what I was going to say is, like, um, it's funny because, you know, we're talking about all the serious stuff. But then all you got to do is say the word rapey and people are like, okay, they're back. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty much. Um, so this song's called "Animals" by Maroon Five. Okay, I'm gonna go to a lyrics video so we can kind of follow along a little bit. But has anybody listened to the lyrics for this song? Because yeah, it's this a massive song is hit, super creepy, man. It, it's a huge hit, just like everything they fucking do. Which I have a story about Maroon 5 and Adam Levine in particular, which is a true story. Justin can bet me up. We can tell mm-hmm. after this because it's really funny. And after hearing this song, it's well worthwhile. Yeah. Baby, I'm playing on you tonight. Hunt you down, eat you alive. Just like animals, animals, like animals, boys. Maybe you think that you can hide. I can smell your symphonies. Just like animals, animals, like animals, boys. Was this produced by DJ Mustard? DJ Mustard. So let's talk about these lyrics, okay? The first part is him saying that he's going to hunt this woman down like he's an animal. <laughs> She's his prey. And, and I get says, that it's supposed to be sexy. That's not sexy. No. That's then weird. he says that he gets so high when he's inside of her. <laughs> like, it could have been one thing, like, oh, I'm out, like, they're out of the club or whatever, and he sees this girl, and he's like, I'm going to go after her, fine. Right. But then when you're saying, like, when I'm inside of you, <laughs> it's clear that all you're doing is, like, I'm going to go find this chick, and I'm going to fuck her whether she likes it or not. <laughs> that's, that's- like an animal. Yeah. Which is the name of the fucking song. So it's not like we're misinterpreting. No. And like first of all, I've always thought it was weird when people talk about fucking like animals. I know. Does it's that really sound weird. good to anybody? Because I don't It's weird and fucked up. Most and like, animals rape. Yeah. That's what they do. They rape and they fuck things. It's weird and fu- I just I mean, he's just weird enough as it is because I get it, like whatever he's you know. An attractive man, and women think that he's sexy. He's an attractive stuff. man, but, but it doesn't matter how attractive so you are scared. if you are like what? <laughs> what? What'd you say? Nothing. You have sex with him? I didn't say that actually. Oh, um, I said I'd suck his dick. Oh, you'd suck his. Okay, that's great. <laughs> uh, but it's another thing to me, like that he that you write a song like that, and this is the thing. Is that everybody made such a big fucking deal about that Robin Thicke song? And this song is worse. Yeah, it's a hundred times that worse. That being said, and yet, you and I on this own podcast sat down, analyzed Robin Thicke's song, like this is rapey and creepy, and it is. It is, but it's not nearly like it's this. Nowhere near, and no one has said a word about this no, song, and no one will because he's like America's sweetheart because exactly. he's on the voice and, it's and like way worse. Yeah, the Robin Thicke song is weird. 
Yeah, it's weird. Robin Thicke is weird. But even when we read the lyrics, it wasn't even that weird. It wasn't like, I'm going to hunt you down like an animal, get inside of you. I mean, it was just more like... I get it. He's saying, I I know you want it, blah, blah, blah. And that's gross, too. But he's not saying, hey, by the way, I'm literally prowling the streets looking for your pussy. Right. Because (laughs) I can smell it from over here. That, like... And I, I don't think... Just because saying, you know, a girl, I know you want it. Because I feel like that's still a rapey thing to say. It is. But at the same time, it's like Robin Thicke is also, I mean, look at him. He's not. <laughs> he Then after after that song and everything and Paula Patton left him and he got, and he obviously was like he loved her more than anything because he wrote all his fucking songs and named his album after her and shit. Yeah. Like, he he clearly didn't mean that song. It was written no, he for was him. Making cl- he's been a musician. For 10 to 12 years. He didn't really have much success. No. He went the pop route, made some dance songs. They were a little weird, but he got famous and he got what he wanted. Right. Well, in some ways, I guess. Obviously not. But he made some money. Yeah. And I don't know what Robin Thicke's like as a person. I don't know what Adam Levine's like as a person. Except I do to a degree because I have a story about him as a person. So, I don't know. It's hard to say, but I'm going to say that this Maroon 5 song is super creepy. And it sounds like a bad Prince song. Yeah. And I don't need it in my life. No. I mean, <laughs> it just sounds like a Maroon 5 song. Well, yeah. Because, I mean, what for... for <laughs> I don't think that's Maroon 5. That is. I'm seeing an octave lower, but... And she will be loved. That was them. Oh, was it? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it definitely was. It's off that first album. Yeah. Do you remember when they were like an alternative rock band called Kara's Flowers? Yeah. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> you remember when... Wasn't uh, they were like a pop punk band, weren't they? Yeah, before that, yeah, they were. Um, a lot of those bands, I think people don't realize that Brandon Flowers that sings in The Killers used to sing in a band called Scaba the Hut. Oh yeah, it we've, was a I, bad Scaba. I think we've talked about that, but it bears repeating. It does bear repeating because they were called Scaba the Hut. <laughs> the only worst Scaba name from the '90s is Scaffle Waffles. That uh, yeah, that's pretty bad. And that's real. And Hot Stove Jimmy. No, I forgot about forgot about Austin <laughs> Jimmy, didn't you? Yeah. Um, what about my superhero? Yeah, I remember them. I could go on forever. What um, are you typing? The notes for this week. So, did one of them say, "Ryan, looking pretty good today"? I'm gonna have to go over there making my boyfriend no. maybe that song. No, I'm Justin Schaefer. No. I'm a comedian. No, and I'm friends with Tracy Morgan. No, none of it said that. None of it said that. No. Oh, Justin, why, buddy? Want to hear my stand-up bit? Yeah. I'm Shaquille O'Neal. I won some rings in the NBA, and now I have a show that's like Tosh.0. Which actually is fine to me. <laughs> no, that I like that anything show. Anything that it's Shaquille O'Neal has it. is fine with me. I never realized until about two years ago how funny and clever Shaquille O'Neal is. He's fucking man hilarious. man is funny. He's a hilarious dude. But that's okay. Um... um. What else? Oh, tell, you want to tell the story about Adam Levine? Adam Levine. Yeah, I do. Um, I'm not going to mention names in the story, but it can be verified. Justin knows that this person that I know, it was on MTV News, and uh, he's worked with a lot of big artists. We got to make a record together. But uh, he's from Cincinnati, and he was in the airport at the height of his success going to a festival. That was when Maroon 5's first album was out, and this story was on MTV News, and like you can find it. And he was at an airport. He's married. He has a kid, a friend of mine. And he sees this guy who he doesn't know who he is because 
the person that's my friend is completely outside of the realm of Maroon 5. Yeah. It's in a very different world. He has world absolutely music. no fucking clue. Very different At this world point, music. definitely didn't. Yeah. Maybe now. At this but... point, maybe now. This is like their first album. And he sees this guy kind of drunk at the airport, getting ready to get on the same flight, talking to the waitress at the airport, just basically sexually harassing her and being super creepy. Yeah. So he just, as a decent human, walks up and is like, hey, man, like, you should seriously settle down. And Adam Levine literally stands up, kind of drunk, looks at him. If you saw these two people in person, if you're Adam Levine, you know you'd have to be drunk yeah. to possibly do this. But he stands up and goes, do you know who I am? And um, a friend of mine says, you know, I don't give a fuck who you are. Like, yeah. You need to calm down. And I guess he tries to push him. And my friend swings, hits Adam Levine in the face, and knocks him out in the middle of this airport. <laughs> it was on MTV News. It was all over the place. And it was funny when it first came out. And that's how I know that that guy is as douchey as I think he possibly oh, is. Yeah. As he's sexualizing this waitress, my friend tries to stop him very politely. And he says, do you know who I am? Yeah. First of all, if you ever say that and you're serious, you're a douchebag. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. You don't ever need to say that to somebody. Is, no do you know who to. I am? No. And uh, so he got punched. And it's really funny. So that's, I mean, there was never anything after that. It's like, I'm sure they've never met again after that. He went on to be the most famous person ever. Yeah. And whatever, but I'm glad that that happened. Me too, because he's glad a fucking asshole. That, that happened at some point, and he got punched in the face and knocked out in an airport in front of cameras. So that's that with that. <laughs> and uh, and that is a true story, even though it sounds completely ridiculous. I I don't know how, but it happened. And man, John's about to come on, but it's only been two hours, hasn't it? Yeah. We always have all these plans, then we end up getting these good discussions. Yeah. We also have the Butter Baby we keep promising. Yeah, we'll just have to do it next week. All right, listen, we? next week, everybody asking. That's the first thing. That's the, the first, first thing, thing we're we doing do. is we're telling the whole Butter Baby story, which will be probably a good hour. Maybe. That's the problem. Maybe at least 30 minutes, yeah. which I would start it now, but it'll be too long yeah, to go exactly. into the details we need to go into of the knickknack house. Yeah. And the Butter Baby. Yeah. And the cones and the lights. Yeah, we got to. Yeah, I'll say that's literally the creepiest thing that's ever happened to me. It's up there. And next week, we're going to get into the Butter Baby. First things first, next Monday. Yeah. Because uh, we were supposed to this week, <laughs> and I promised last week. We keep on just talking and getting into good conversations. No, we'll, we'll do it. We'll definitely do it. That'll be first thing. First thing next week. Um, thanks for all the questions and listens. Thanks for following us on Twitter. I've been getting a lot of awesome tweets from people and responding. So please follow us on Twitter and on iTunes. Rate us and all that. Mm-hmm. And thank you for listening to our one-year anniversary. John Lewis from the Dope Means is about to call in, but he's going to miss it and have to be on next week, too. Yep, unfortunately. So next week we'll have John and Dennis. If Dennis records his drums by next fucking week. <laughs> so fuck you, Saves the Yeah, day. that thing that should take 60 minutes is going to take two weeks. <laughs> so, uh, we're just kidding, kind of. Um. So, yeah, thank you very much. Please send in questions. Thanks for listening. Hopefully we made your work or school day a little bit better. Well, we wanted to talk about the final song this week, but we oh, won't have much time to do it. We can talk about it in a minute because we both agree on the song this week because it's really good. And right now is very important. Yeah. Um, it's uh, Vince Staples is a rapper from uh, Long Beach, I think. He hangs out with, like, Odd Future and stuff. He was yeah. on the Earl Sweatshirt album. But he's a lot better than all of them. Yeah. He's actually pretty amazing. He only has like two or three songs like actually out. He, I mean, he's been on some mixtapes and stuff, but nothing like major. But he wrote, he released this song last week 
that has like no fucking views at all. No. For some reason. Um, and it seriously is like one of the best songs released. I mean, personally this year, I think. Yeah. It's a very good, and I'm not usually the guy that's in like socially conscious rap when it comes to like really serious stuff, but this song has great lyrics. It's very applicable to now. Yeah. And uh, it's also just good and catchy, so yeah, check it out. It's called Hands Up. It's and it's, by Vince. And it's uh, it especially makes a lot of sense, especially the second verse in the wake of all the stuff in Ferguson and everything. Absolutely, it makes a really good statement about Absolutely. like uh, how the cops treat black people and stuff. And uh, I wouldn't have expected that from someone who hangs out with Odd Future, but hey, <laughs> you know, hey, you know, sometimes you get surprised in a good way. Yeah, so, exactly. Vince Staples, Hands Up. Good yeah. job, Vince Staples. And we... Talk to you soon. We'll be... Um, yeah, it'd be nice to get him on, actually. Yeah. Uh, but we'll be back on um, next week. With the Butter Baby. Finally. We promise. I swear to God. <laughs> so, um, I look forward to seeing everybody next weekend at shows. And thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Bye, Bye, Bye little baby babies. Bye. Bye. North Division trying to stop my blackness. I'm watching for them badges when out in traffic. Them 9-11's been a tad bit frantic. If lights start flashing, please don't panic. The DEA giving out gang enhancements. Can barely even hang the build a case off camera. CCAT tracking criminal patterns. Tricking niggas into taking strikes to get out faster. Freedom bribery, nigga, cause we hardly equip. Social media that lead to fast photography snitching. Blame geography, nigga, for the pride in these niggas. Take you when they fingerprint you. Now you part of the system. This was all a part of UEP and Bobby prediction. Making profit. Off of violence, they arousing attention. Leaders rising, leave the 25 to life in the prison. Better watch it, cause I know they got a spot for you, nigga. Swine up yet At the most They reassign them To prevent protests Just your color Is enough To get you under arrest Strong hand In the law Got me feeling oppressed If you flip And kill a 50 Then you get in the chair Paying taxes For some fucking clowns To ride around Whooping niggas asses Scared the men up Handcuffs Giving niggas gashes On the wrist I used to lift my fist And fight the power with All the homie told me In his day The dicks were playing bricks In the trunks And niggas Chevrolet They traffic stopping shit Raiding homes Without a warrant Shooting first Without a warning and they expect respect and non-violence I refuse the right to be silent Yeah, put your hands